Oh, let me. I forgot to take the IG pick. Um, thank you guys for joining. This is episode thirteen of the of the Outlet Podcast. Uh, we got a couple of guests here. Um, we have Kevin and Maria with Milk Noise. We have Jose and Roberto with Noche Americana, and the host, you know, Tannen and I. Um, so I'm gonna kind of just call you guys and then you guys just kind of say what your name is and what you guys do um yeah so if you want to start go ahead kevin so what's up guys my name is kevin um one half of milk noise uh, i'm in milk noise with maria and we do a bunch of photography and videography and we try to do it so it's like more collaborative kind of type of thing so we try to combine like both styles so we can bring like like a just a, a different image to like the scene and shit like that. But yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm Maria and I'm the other half of Milk Noise. Um. So pretty much what Kevin said, we do both videos and photos. Um. And usually it's like for concerts or just general portraits or just you know um, free shoots and stuff. But that's pretty much what we do. Cool. Pretty cool. And then you guys. Yeah, so I'm Robert, uh, part of Noche Americana. Um, are you just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Jose, uh, the creator of Noche Americana. We kind of work as like, he's like, we're one, I'm one half, he's the other half. Um, but I honestly wouldn't even put it like that because there's a lot of us that work together. But we are a video production company here in the Valley, um, and we center around creative production yeah um right uh up to now it's mostly been a lot of like documentaries on local artists um but we want to jump into music videos this next quarter of the year um so that that's kind of what we're working on right now um on our first music video uh but yeah yeah that's about it thanks so you already yeah, have the really cool. first music video like planned out you have the artists and everything or yeah, we got the artist. Yeah. Can you guys share yeah. or nah? Um, you know, I I haven't asked her if we can be public about it because there's something with the record label okay. that she had to verify with. Um, but she is a Phoenix local. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Phoenix locals are neat. girls. But you Phoenix said you saw either way. We yeah. we won't get into that. If you... Yeah. yeah. Um, I I um, just don't know because because. Yeah, we had to jump through some hoops with their record label, so I don't want to speak out of line. Was that like the first time you ever had to do that? Yeah, yeah, actually. I'm so used to saying whatever the hell. I <laughs> One day I'm gonna have to sign <laughs> that NDA yeah, to her. Yeah, to her, so it's a girl artist. Yeah, but I mean, there's no way to know just based on that. Yeah. Um, but you could talk about your current work, right? Like, what a what what's some of your current um, work that you've done that's on your site. Cause you guys have a site, right, to find all your yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess our our debut to the art scene was with Permanent. Um, which he's a he's a mural artist. Yeah, he's a mural artist here in Phoenix. Well, a, a little more than a mural artist. He's an artist here in Phoenix. Yeah. Um. So we we did some work with him. Like we did a couple of videos for him. Um. And then we did some for well, we did one for Ray for Fetal. Um, I, but I guess the, the, the foundation of what we do was 
out of like realizing how much of a need there is for a a good quality film scene here in Phoenix. Right. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, you hear all this stuff about LA. Um. But there really isn't anything, at least that I know of. I, I mean, I'm sure there is a lot of great videographers and great filmmakers here, but I mean, Phoenix isn't really known for like the film scene. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I think there's definitely the skill is here. It's just like kind of like the culture to right, right to like emphasize it. So, so I guess um, that's where this kind of all started is is noticing that gap and trying to fill it. So if more high quality productions start coming out of people being inspired by our work, then that's like a fulfilled mission, I would say. That's that a really cool not a take. Monetary thing. What was that? I said I like how it's not a monetary goal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have a, a goal that's yeah. to build something yeah. rather than basically to make something of yourself or for yourself. Right. I admire it. Yeah, it's definitely not really a monetary goal because like if we weren't it for the money, yeah. Well, we would be shooting stuff for bashes. Yeah, like <laughs> when we started, we we kind of said we don't want to do like a lot of corporate stuff. <laughs> so there was like a sense of like turning down money in order to maintain like, uh, like a vision. Have you guys? Yeah, ever... there, there is some. There is a somewhat of a plan to like raise funds for our creative projects. So I, I mean, a part of us does like do corporate work yeah. uh, but we don't promote it because that's not the face of what we do right i was gonna say just do it as like a a ghost firm you know what i mean yeah. to where you can use yeah. all of what you have done to actually cash out um because i mean you like have expensive equipment and, uh, just to like recoup all your costs and your investments it's definitely worth it but i understand not wanting to put it under like your brand name yeah yeah, yeah. um I want to hear more about Milk Noise though, because I'm actually not familiar with their work. So if you guys just want to talk a little more about that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you want to go or me go? Music you videos. Or you you're better talker than me. <laughs> um, well, first it was just we were both individually doing work. So he was doing photography and videography, and I was just doing photography. Um, and we both have like really different styles but kind of similar, I would say. Um, and one day we were just hanging out and we were talking about how we both pretty much do the same thing. And here in Phoenix, I don't think there's much um, like duo creators, I would say, that like do um, either photography or videography. Like I haven't seen it here. Um, maybe there is, but I have never heard of somebody uh, or a duo that does that. So we were just talking about that one day and we were thinking about a name that we can come up with for both of us. Um, something random, but kind of can stick to your head. And that's how we came up with Milk Noise. It was really just a random name that we came up with. Um, but the start of that, what we, our goal was, was to um, shoot festivals and concerts and stuff. So that's pretty much what we started with. Um, and starting off, we would do free shoots um, just to get our content and stuff like that. And then we started getting asked to do paid shoots. Um, but because of COVID and stuff, uh, we couldn't shoot festivals. We had like big artists, yeah. uh, like for EDC, we were supposed to shoot a DJ for EDC concert. Um, 
And then there was also another artist we were supposed to shoot here in Phoenix, but because of COVID, that was put back. Um, but pretty much that's what we do. We just, we do, he mostly does the videos and stuff like that. And then we both do um, photography for local artists or um, artists that come from different places like DJs or um, yeah, people like that. That's cool. How'd, how'd you guys get into that? Cause like, I remember you guys coming to some of the shows and like, I didn't know you guys, but like, I just, you know, in passing and then i knew you guys would through slater you came through the out when we were doing the outlet um downtown and you guys shot the video for what was it innocence yeah i think it was yeah, yeah i think, I it, think was it was yeah yeah hey, at the studio thing the little the block yeah 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 so then like around that time is when i seen you guys shooting like festivals and like uh, venues but like yeah. i don't but i didn't know you guys so i don't i didn't actually see the transition you know like yeah. how did that all happen well, I knew, I've been knowing Slater since, like, middle school, since, like, so I've been supporting him ever since then. I remember, like, even in middle school and high school, I used to beatbox. We used to get, like, a crowd of people, and I used to beatbox, and used to, used to start rapping and shit. So I started getting into, like, that scene, like, when he started just going to, like, the shows, the little shows and stuff, and then that's how I met you guys and, like, everybody else in the scene or whatever. But I've always been into, like, raves and stuff and, and concerts, like, I think it was like Call of Duty montages. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever played like Modern Warfare 2, like the church shining days and shit. So that's when like I first heard of like Skrillex and shit and I got into the music. I started going to raves and then I started seeing people like shooting. Like I, I started seeing like video and like camera people being up there with the DJs and stuff. And I was like, oh shit, that's, that, that's pretty fucking sick. I do videos too or whatever. And then... I think I just started doing like a bunch of like research or whatever. And then that's when I was like, oh, they have, they have teams, they have managers. Oh, I need to start emailing these people. So I started emailing a bunch of DJs and I was, I was doing it for free. Cause like, I didn't really have like a brand for myself or like an image for myself. So I just started doing a bunch of free shows and then, yeah, that's how it came about. I just started emailing a bunch of people. We started doing more and more shows, festivals. We, Recently got really close with these two DJs. They came from California. Their name's Wolf Logic, and they're in this really big um, label. It's called Barong Family. And then we got super close with them. And then that's when we started going to California to shoot shows. And then that's where we just started linking up with a bunch of other DJs. But for the scene, like to get introduced to that scene, because I started off wanting to be like a DJ producer, this and that or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, this is too much work. And I got, I was like, I'm really good with the, with the video and like camera stuff. Like I still want to be in this little era of like this little scene or whatever that's going on. So then, yeah, that's how I just got stuck into it. But ever since COVID and everything, that shit sucks. And like, we can't shoot festivals or stuff. So like we're in a little rut right now. Cause like, yeah. I'm kind of curious from the first show, whether it was like a local show or something that you went to, to the first show that you got paid for. How long was that? Yeah. I think that was last year. I think it was, yeah, last year, September, it was Gold Rush. Gold, it's called Gold Rush. It's a festival. It's okay. in uh, oh, yeah. Chandler. Yeah. That was the last one. So how long? And then we were supposed to, we got invited to shoot EDC. I don't know if you guys know EDC. It's like a big festival in Vegas. It's like a three-day festival. And we got that's asked. Probably, to, yeah, that's like the biggest festival. In that's the, the biggest like one. We, we got community. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Uh, but the first free shoot, um, who was that with? I'm just trying to like, for anybody who is still in that phase of like not making money, 
like how long were you guys working before you saw any sort of return you know what i mean <laughs> it took us months oh it's sick Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it took us a long time because first, like, we didn't have the content to be charging. Um, so we would just, like he said, he would just email people like crazy. Like, if we saw local artists um, just coming to Phoenix, that's who we'd be shooting. Like, hey, this, this, um, this is some of our work. We would just show work that we've done, like portraits and stuff like that. Um, and we'd say, like, if they needed a photographer, videographer, that we would do it for free. Um, and we would just email a whole bunch of artists that would come here, and some of them would respond, others wouldn't. Um, it was just pretty much just want like going to ask. Like the worst thing that can happen is that they don't respond, or they say that they have somebody else already um, shooting the show. Um, so it's pretty much just going out and asking. That's what we were doing, and we started getting told like, yeah, you can come shoot this, and that's how we started getting content. Um, and then we actually, when we start wanted to start to charge, that's when uh, we had a website and we had content to show them, like, this is our portfolio, this is shows that we've shot, um, and then if they would want to hire us, these are rates, and then um, our first page shoot was probably, the biggest one was probably the, the Gold Rush one. Yeah. Um, that was a festival in Chandler. That's that's a big, like, big paid one. Yeah, and it's not like, like, like if people want to do it, like don't be in it for the money either. Just do it because like it's it's a, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like to be like a photographer for like a concert or festival or like that. I, I feel like the end goal is just like to get to build like a lot of cool relationships and to be able to go on tour and stuff like that and just yeah, just to experience something like that. You know. But like if you're in it for the money, then don't even do it. Or even just free shows. Yeah, like, I used to like, shoot yeah, at shows it's cool cause you get to for that meet, reason. Like these artists, and you got to get to talk to them and stuff. It's it's a really cool experience. Yeah, I feel I feel like my question was more to dissuade people that are in it for the money. I was hoping you would say like a really long time. You know what I mean? So anybody yeah. who was thinking like yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get into this time. for money, yeah, it's, like, it's really like get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. About um, like people being in it for the money, I, I, I pointed this out like a while ago, and I was like. Videography and photography is probably one of the, like those industries where it's the most cash grabby um, because all you need is a camera and like free video editing, and so you'll get like all these people that that literally only want like are in it for the money, and there is like no love poured into their production, and you can tell uh, very easily like even in like mainstream like um, local like channels like like just like the ads or like like any like media that's produced that's like on tv or like social media you'll see like all this like mediocre stuff um and that's kind of one thing that we noted um like we honestly just want to change that like that that's the long-term mission of noche americana um if there is higher quality production then like across the board then it's, yeah. it's a success for the industry I ran into your, some of your guys' stuff. I think the first thing I see I saw was like the Perry thing, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is super dope!" Because it was like a it was like an actual like little film documentary, and like you yeah. said, I don't really think there's like a scene like that here, like people doing like really like high production films like that. But it was like it was super dope. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That one that one was fun to shoot. Um, it was like actually my first time being around like spray paint and like. Uh, <laughs> And we, we shot that at the Greater Good with Jesse, um, 
it was fun yeah it, it was he yeah that guy he's crazy uh permanent like definitely love his work um it was really fun to like see him do the mural in person um and like that's one of the things that you guys said is you get to like be part of these environments that you wouldn't necessarily be a part of like yeah with like a day job yeah. um, when I, the last time i ran into isaiah um he told me you guys met through a job like and like that's that's how you guys is like yeah yeah so eventually uh, start working together I'll, I'll tell that story um so we met at starbucks um a co-worker uh of mine before he got hired there told me about isaiah like way before he got hired um, I started following him on social media, and uh, the day of his orientation, I was like, hey, you're, are you permanent? And he's like, yeah. Um, and th that week when he came in, it was like my last week at Starbucks. Um, so there wasn't any like um, relationship form, uh, but I had to go back because of COVID. And when I came back, that's when the relationship formed with me being uh, his video producer uh and and it's pretty cool because like we talked about how like covid really affected us as uh as creators it affected us across the board um but honestly if it wasn't for covid like uh we probably wouldn't have had like as clear as a vision as we do now um and that relationship with isaiah wouldn't have formed because it was the ease of like just being with there in person with him throughout a like large portion of my week where we started talking talking about art videos and um so it, it's like a blessing in disguise in a way um yeah. yeah that's that's really cool yeah that's that's really cool that you guys were able to uh develop that relationship um, so we just had Slater jump on. Uh, so late. Sorry that he had a really it's so late now, so Slater. <laughs> Says the guy who's, who said <laughs> Slater like six <laughs> times. Uh, yeah, so like just brief introduction to Sole. He's like a local uh, Phoenix musician, um, rapper. Uh, I know Milk Noise already knows them, but just to let you guys know, this is who he is. Uh, We've been going for like 15 minutes already, so n nothing too crazy. I don't know how long you'll be here, but I know you're here for, with a with a purpose. If you no, want to talk I'm about it, I was I was telling I was telling them about remember high school when we used to form the like the little groups during lunch when I used to start beatboxing, used to start rapping and shit. Oh, we used to get the crowds going and shit. Man, don't bring me back to memory. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you like on the lunch yeah, table. That was crazy. Very U-Haul esque. I said, I imagine you like standing on the lunch table, very U-Haul esque, with like a little group of kids in front of He's you. He's all hyping up the crowd. He's yeah. all like this and shit. <laughs> and Blue's just behind you. No, you He's know, okay, you know that little stage we had right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, in the middle. I was on that. Oh, were you really? <laughs> yeah, it was like this little stage, bro. Um, at the school, like right behind the little Mata and all that shit. Yeah. And you know, I'll be rapping off that and. Making fun of people in my raps and shit like that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, man. No, that was that crazy. Even middle school was crazy because y'all yeah. would make me kids who didn't rap. I know. And, you know, y'all just y'all just wanted to see them. Just the Mars. They demand. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yeah. imagine going up against Slater in a freestyle. I would just get no. shit on. Uh, 
Oh, you get roasted, bro. Oh, instantly. Have you ever hung out with them? Instantly. Bro. They're ruthless. <laughs> hey, we flaming on this side. <laughs> um, so oh, I know we, we have we have uh Sole here today. Um he's just passing by, but um he came in because he's dropping a project on Monday and this is dropping on Monday. So it'd be kind of cool just to have him on to talk about it. The project's amazing. First, yeah. the second track is very good. So we switched um, it up. This will actually come out tomorrow. So anybody that's listening can go listen to this. Where? Just yeah. Spotify and everything. So it's going to be, so for the first week, it's going to be exclusively on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, the next week, right after that, literally that following Monday is going to be on streaming platforms. Um, but yeah, man, you know, it's 10 tracks, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just a real solid project. I've been sitting on it for a minute, so I just wanted to give it out to the people real quick just to make sure they have something, you know what I mean? Is there like another album? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I mean, didn't even give it two weeks. <laughs> dropping all this so, shit on them. I said, you didn't even give it two weeks, you dropping all this shit on them. I was like, because I'm like, fuck a roll, and they don't care about that shit. They want to see Bro, they want Bro. music. Know, well, yeah. work, we're working with Slater every fucking week. I feel like we had to tell him to slow down. <laughs> He's like this, bro. Yeah. Yo, God. Just fucking floor it. Just floor it. Keep going. Oh, God, bro. It don't stop. Like. I mean, if the consistency is there, I don't see a real negative to it, at least in current times. You know what I mean? It's not like you can like plan around a show or, like, yeah. or anything. Everyone's just yeah. living on the plus internet. The, plus, the project's been done, right? It's been done for a minute. It's been done for some, yeah, for months, bro. I've just been sitting on this shit because I was trying to, um, to be completely honest, I was trying to shop it to get deals. Like, I was, like, kind of on on that cusp, like, to getting a deal for it and getting some type of distribution deal or just something, like, just have some little change in the pocket, but not even that, but just get it to a level where it needed to be represented and on, represented on. And, you know, when it didn't fall through, I was like, fuck all that. I'm just going to put this shit out and, you know, stop waiting and stop sitting on it. And then you, you kind of, as an artist, you kind of get just like a little depressed because you want to put music out, but then you're waiting for that perfect fucking moment that does not exist. Like there's no such thing as a perfect moment. So, you know, I figure like, why not just do it now, put that shit out now. And oh, these kids are crazy, but just put that shit out now, give it to the people. Don't even try to make this crazy rollout thing, and you know, shit costs. I ain't gonna lie, shit costs money, bro. It shit costs money to to do all this marketing and promotion. It's like y'all already know y'all was y'all was with me, so y'all was putting in that shit. Like y'all seen it, y'all done it. So I'm like, fuck all that. Like I'd rather just do it the do it easier, not stress myself out. Be like, hey, y'all got two weeks. I mean, y'all got two days to gear up. You know what I mean? Tighten up around this motherfucker, cause it's coming out. It's coming to you. It's gonna hit you. I feel yeah. Track two goes crazy. Those drums, crazy. Hey man, somebody compared it to Missy Elliott, and I was like, man, that's a crazy compliment. That's got me more excited Elliott to and, listen uh, to it. And, uh, so I know you just put out a video too with actually with Milk Noise. I don't know if you want to talk about that for a sec, like how the shooting went. I know Noche Americana is going to be shooting future music videos, so if you guys have like tips for them um, on like working with artists and stuff like that, I'm sure that would. 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like the the bond just has to be there because like if you're if you're working with someone that's just like I don't know they're just like kind of off it just kind of demotivates you to just like put your all into the project. That's why I feel like every time me and Slater get on some shit, it's just like it's just like naturally like it's just like because like we we both know what what we can do together and just like when we both like just collab on shit just always goes crazy. So I feel like the 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 bond that you like just have with people is just like it's like super important. It's all about that relationship, man. It's about the energy, bro. And it's like I've known him, known I've known him and Maria for years plus. So we go in and we go in with an idea. It may not even be premeditated. We may not even have anything drawn up. It can be literally like, hey, what day you want to meet and what time? All right, bet. We're going to meet here. All right. And then literally just draw that shit up because I know how he works and he knows how I work. So it, it makes it much easier to just do that shit on the fly. Oh, yeah. It ain't the most because there's not a lot of, you only got to think too much about it. You can just going okay this is how i feel this shot should this how you know what i'm saying this is how i feel this shot should be and you know you should paint it this way and you know you should go to look this location and da da da, da. Yeah. and everything is just natural so you know that's why the videos end up looking the way they do and walking into it blind seems very yeah. intimidating if you're yeah. like trying to do this thing do you like doing like- that or do you do you have a plan in your head before you walk up to slater who i guess no, that's why that's plan that's like the economy. Like, I feel like if I plan too much shit out or if I have like a storyline to something, it's just like, I overthink too much that when it comes down to the actual shooting, I'm like, nah, I don't fucking like this. I so I'd rather just like, I kind of have like, like I'll have an idea, like an imprint in my head, but I won't like actually like have like this scene, this scene, this scene. We'll just go and then whatever we're feeling, like we'll just shoot it. But that's like, I feel like that's like a pro and a con. I just like, I overthink yeah. so much shit, man. I feel like uh, we're probably the opposite. <laughs> we have like we we have like like weeks, not a week, like a week where we just meet up two times that week and plan it out. We like timeline it all, yeah. And the next day we come back at a fresh look. All right, where do we want to change? Do all that. We, we try to get all the details done. Yeah. Uh, before. That's so, how I like to be. Yeah. 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 It's definitely though. Um, like it. Improvisation. Yeah, yeah. It's not set. like we're like yeah. stiff on, on set. Like, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, end yeah. it up if we feel something. Yeah. yeah. I, I have shot a video like that though where like actually years ago. I was still in high school where it was literally just me and my iPhone and then uh my friend who yeah, who's still that's, a, that's that efficient that's that efficiency right there. Yeah, yeah. It was when iPhones started four K cameras on them, so I was like, why not? <laughs> and um that was really fun. Um but yeah like right now like definitely we're heavy on the planning especially with covid that kind of freed up a lot of time to plan everything out uh, before yeah yeah do you think you've like because i know a lot of i've asked this before on a different episode where a lot of different people who are creatives have been able to almost take advantage of covid and grow themselves Maybe not take advantage, but they've benefited in some way. Of yeah, I business think, I form. Think, yeah, I think yeah, definitely. And then I think also in general, I feel like everybody at the beginning of COVID, when they were all like stuck in their houses, I think there was kind of like a phase where everybody felt motivated to like self improve because they had all this free time. Um, 
and it, it just depended on if they kept that wave going, that, that self-improvement wave going throughout the whole quarantine. Uh, I think if, if they took advantage of it, a lot of great things could come out of it. It, it definitely felt like everything got paused because it did. Um, but it was definitely like before COVID, I, I was like feeling overwhelmed with like just constantly trying to keep up with like putting out things and all right, got to put out a video this month, got to kind of start working on it. Um, and I caught myself just making things to make things, not really because I like liked it. Um, But, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, how did you get out of that funk? Because I know some people will maybe like have a certain style in the beginning, and that style kind of gains them traction, and then they f- kind of fall out of liking that style. How do you like force yourself to step out of kind of what's already working to do something that you like more or just feel more passionately about? Well, I, I mean, I had to dig deep into my intention. Um, like I said, I was just putting out things to put things out. Um, so it's just taking a step back and like figuring out what, what it is we're doing here. Um, so if a project takes a little longer, then it's going to take a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was also just like taking the risk to just, all right, I'm like this, I'm going to change it this time. And even if it added more risk to like where it might fail, it's like, I'm just going to do it change it up i definitely empathize with that we've had a few iterations of this podcast slash interviews slash hangouts for a long time like dating back four or five years they've had different iterations and stuff um and previously we've always stopped for quality you know what i mean like we it just wasn't where we wanted to be we wanted to go in a slightly different direction or something um so i definitely respect like pausing stuff but it is important to at some point just gain that momentum and consistency right yeah and it's, it's also like once you feel yourself uh kind of like not improving you have to be able to catch yourself that you're not improving and like force yourself to improve um or else yeah or else like the complacency becomes boredom which becomes un unmotivation yeah almost like sometimes like even animosity with the whole situation like you yeah. can almost like grow to dislike this thing that you that you loved at one point yeah yeah which yeah which like improvement it it, it brings in challenge like you have to you have to place that challenge upon yourself because you could probably go by without challenge without challenge um but uh you know like the the journey is like more important than the destination i think the challenge gives a lot more satisfaction than the project that you complete yeah know yeah. you briefly kind of mentioned that there's like a lot of different people that work on this same project. Um, do you think it's really important to surround people around you that motivate you? Or do you think most of your motivation um, comes from like internal? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, at first it was just me making videos. Um, but when you bring people on, your vision multiplies. Now you have like seven X amount of eyes and brains and ideas flowing around. So yeah, I, I think it is very important to surround yourself with people. I mean, and I wouldn't necessarily say like, in like, well, yeah, like everyone that I'm surrounded with inspires me, but it can be like any like anybody that has an idea that will like right. contribute a small a small thing to a production, and it'll just 
what it, what I felt like it introduced was uh, specialization. So you know, I, I'm pretty sure we've all known like the where you're like the one video guy. And you're doing like every single thing. You're doing sound and you're doing editing and then you're doing cinematography and all that. And then when you when you start introducing people and you can like oh okay I'm gonna focus on uh, like cinematography this time, and then you can learn what your skills are or like what your interests are and then you can kind of delve deep into that like when you delve deep into one specific like if you delve delve deep into cinematography it's going to grow a lot more interesting than if you're doing everything at a surface level or if you delve deep into color correcting or yeah you'll, you'll burn yourself out yeah but um yeah if you just pick one if, if you're able to pick one and kind of learn all the interesting and complex things about it then it becomes a lot more engaging and then you can use the motivation kind of stays there yeah, and and a lot of the times, um, one of the key things we want to keep in mind when we're looking for um, people to help us on set or just to join our our creative crew is over anything. Like we don't even care if you're not like if you don't consider yourself talented or like crazy genius artist. But it's just like if you're willing to like learn and you work well with a team, like we want you here. Like um that, that's pretty much what all this is it's just like people collaborating and then executing the vision i like that yeah that's i think we've had a, a we kind of like worked on bfr in a way and like the promotion of it and doing all of that layout stuff that you kind of mentioned before which was the album that sole had previously released i'm um, just to give you more context and I, I always felt that was better to have like way more people's inputs that way you can yeah. like if you're just rattling stuff off in your own head, it's very hard to have new ideas come in once you think you have a good idea. And there can always be a better idea. Yeah. The man's yeah. fell off. That's that's cool though. So do you guys like have a specific person to do each thing? Like do you have someone that like cuts up the clips, color grades it, and like or someone that does like the effects, like this and that, or like how do you guys do it? Uh, well, at the moment, we're, Robert and I are wearing a lot of hats, um, but when we are on production, we do have like specialized people. We'll have like an audio person, lighting person. Yeah. Um, we'll have a third set of eyes to assist us with um, angles, like camera work. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're kind of we're kind of getting there for sure. Yeah, yeah I will. It's it's. Yeah, we're not there all the way. It's definitely a goal, but once you see it in action, like a little bit, like you want it more. Um, but yeah, yeah. What do you use to edit? Uh, we do DaVinci. DaVinci. Oh, I never heard. We switch from DaVinci Resolve by Blackmagic. So the thing with DaVinci is that it's really strong with color, color correction, so color mm. grading, right? So once we got we got a like a smooth camera that was so we don't shoot with we shoot everything in log now. So then obviously when you shoot in log color correction becomes a really big part of the pipeline. So that's why we chose DaVinci that it's just it's like the industry standard I think for that. It's like better for color grading your footage and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh before that we used Premiere, um, which is good. Premiere's yeah, Premiere's good. Um DaVinci, DaVinci definitely was like a learning curve, um, yeah. but I wouldn't switch back now. Yeah, well, yeah. Once I got, once I learned it, I uh, 
yeah, like I used to color in DaVinci, export it, go to Premiere to assemble. Um, but now I don't even do that. I just assemble and color in DaVinci. Yeah, it's like more convenient. Yeah, yeah more, more convenient, easier to use. I wouldn't be just so hesitant no to like leave the Adobe suite. I'm, I'm so ingrained in like all of them and they're all somewhat similar and it gets easier to learn new stuff. And then yeah. I, I would just be like, dang, I really want to. Yeah, well, you, well, we we are still kind of tied to like anytime we have to do special effects, like it's After Effects, right? Like, you know, and then Photoshop, Lightroom, like we still have to use all that. So, DaVinci does have their like own version of After Effects. It's called Fusion, and it's integrated into like DaVinci. Yeah. Um, Although so, I would say it's not as strong. Yeah, it's not as strong, and we also haven't like taken the initiative to learn it. So. Yeah. We're still doing After Effects. I know After Effects. That's like scary waters right there. I've done like one thing. I I did it in the the oh. video we did for Slater three piece, like the beginning. That's the only thing I did. Just the tracking, the text tracking, and that took like so long too. But yeah, I actually I actually started in After Effects and learned Premiere second. So yeah, yeah. I I did a lot of like motion graphics. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, and like a lot of like. Well, well, I was I was pretty young at the time, so it was like crappy special effects. But then, yeah, so. Yeah, when we were like 14, 15, we did like a mini series for um, his dad's church, and it would just be like kids shooting lasers out of their hands. So that, that was like, <laughs> yeah, that's the that church commercial, like, and that's a, yeah, which was like a foundation. Which like I still, I still go to after, like I still use it a lot. So yeah, that was actually my introduction to yeah, like After Effects. Yeah, I feel like just when you're on Premiere and then you try to go to After Effects, it's like, what the fuck is this? Because everything's yeah, kind of like, a lot different. It's like backwards, kind of. It's so weird. Yeah, I remember looking at it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Trying to put like text in there. I, was like, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how do you even fucking make it play? I was, I was lost. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Well, now that I, now that I know it. A lot of it seems like intuitive, but I, yeah. I don't know if I would go back. It would be like, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Are you guys all self-taught for like all this software, or did you guys actually take like any sort of schooling or classes or anything? Uh, self-taught and yeah. still learning. Yeah, self-taught. Yeah, just YouTube, man. YouTube University, that's the place. Hey, yeah, that's what I always <laughs> free. Say. Dude, YouTube is amazing. I I don't yeah, know how was, I learned was, anything uh, before that. Yeah. Also, out of like necessity uh, right uh, yeah well i would place necessity on myself so, like i would for like i'm gonna do this video so i can learn this effect so then you would i was forcing myself oh, to yeah yeah i do that too yeah. yeah yeah have you ever jumped into a project with an effect in mind that carries a lot of the video but you don't even know if you can execute it yeah well you have like a rough plan so you go in there you especially with after effects you're like okay i'm gonna make this object you put it in there it looks like garbage and yeah then, you and then you just like you yeah and then you're right there you're stuck you're forced to learn how to do it so you have to go through all these youtube tutorials combine them all together and come up with a better better effect yeah i remember when i was like uh i think i was like 17 17 or 18 but i remember i don't know if you guys seen it it's like a pack that comes in after effects it's like a bunch of effects like the default guys... ones no it's like a thing you buy it's like a it's kind of like Pre-set? a yeah, it's like a preset, yeah, like but presets. it comes it comes with like thirty different effects. It has like a warp, a spin, and all that. I think I was like seventeen, and I literally in every cut I would put a transition. Oh. <laughs> like so 
back. And I was like, fuck, this is the sickest shit ever. And I uploaded it. And I was like, no. And I still have it, but it's on private now. I'm just like, what are you doing, man? We have a lot of videos on private. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, maybe we should private some videos. I only have one privated, and that's because the person asked us. Oh, we'll sell them as an yeah. NFT. <laughs> True. Once everyone pops, you can use those private ones. Never before seen. I know. I mean, it was public like... at some point, so some people. Do you guys have um, projects like that where, at the time, you thought it was like the greatest thing you ever created, but you look back now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like. I feel like that's super. Yeah, when you see like the growth too, because like you don't really notice how better you're getting until you start looking at your old shit. That's what's. I feel like that's what's cool about just like learning new things every day yeah especially but you know there's there's like those those videos right like top 10 mistakes amateurs make and then then when you go back to your old work it's like it's It's like all 10 plus 10 more (laughs) already even there yeah it's crazy what what tips do you have for somebody who's just picking up a camera like right now what would you tell them what would be the first thing that you'd say besides go Um, to youtube For for like camera, like I know there's like a you, like technical like yeah. technical stuff or just like well no there's a, a technical thing for sure to make your camera look good you only have to learn four things just your ISO your aperture your shutter speed and your white balance take out the chalkboard that's it and once you do that you can work with any camera like it doesn't you don't need a there's like a lot of fancy settings in there but just those four things if you're gonna do a video just those four things you gotta know them and any camera you can make it look good. And I feel like people get too caught up in, like, buying all this fancy equipment, like, that they don't need when they don't even know, like, the basic things of of the camera. Yeah. So that kind of, like, leads me to a question that I did have. I I don't pre-write a lot of questions, but this one was, like, like, creativity versus skill in, like, editing and programs and stuff versus equipment. Like, how would you rank those of importance in what you get? Creativity, skill, um, gear. Okay, so I, I feel like you give your answer and then I'll give mine. Yeah, I feel like creativity and skill are kind of linked. So, well, I guess maybe not, but for me, it's like I, I, I never, if there's a project, I don't do anything that I know I can't do, or, but I know if I try to do it, I'll make it look bad. So it's like, oh, let's make a movie where there's like a, dinosaur like i'm not gonna make that because i know that's gonna look bad <laughs> you know okay. so it's like your skill once you your skill kind of unlocks the creativity and so then right. they're like they're like combined at least in my eyes when i do it and i think equipment i think would be last but definitely creativity and skill so skill um, almost caps your creativity you mean like yeah. your creativity can take you as far as the skill yeah okay yeah you would have to like Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with you. I don't really know. <laughs> I feel like the equipment just like, answers it. And I feel like when, when you're looking at your range of possibilities, your your impression of your skill is like the boundaries of of what you feel like is possible. Right, right, issue. right, right, exactly. And you're saying everything I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like, it's all about intention. And so, let me just collect my thoughts back just all about intention if if you if if 
if you're capped right here because of your gear, uh, but you perform right here, then I don't know if you guys saw my hands there, but um, then you're good. Like yeah, you you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're if you're maxing out what you can do with the gear you have, then then you're good. Yeah, I agree. So it almost sounds like skill and gear tell you what is the maximum, and then creativity is up to you to reach that potential. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Like when there's one thing when we like buy new gear, there's I see like there's like vertical improvement and there's like horizontal improvement. It's like horizontal improvement would be like hey let's buy like a new lens or like a better tripod or whatever you know. So you're not really there's no advancement of your creativity skill of your would you say creativity you're not you're not really expanding your capacity yeah you're not yeah the, the horizontal improvement you're not expanding your ability for a vertical improvement is something where you unlock some potential that you didn't have before so when we try to buy something new we always do we try to focus on vertical improvements and an example of that would be uh we used to shoot on canon and we didn't have the ability to shoot and log there um so we bought a cinema camera and with that came a, like a huge learning curve because we had to we had to learn how to color grade we had to learn how to modify a camera to last the whole shoot uh yeah we had to learn all these types of things so jumping that line to cinema camera unlocked unlocked all these abilities and the necessity to improve our skill set yeah did you buy the camera first and then learn or did you learn prior yeah Oh, we bought the camera. Oh, yeah, we bought the camera. Did you know how much yeah, you so, were gonna so have we to learn saw that, first? We saw that we were capped out at at what yeah. at what the gear we had. We were capped out, and we wanted to expand what what we were like able to do because we had all these new ideas, and that required to and, vertically. Well, yeah, and then to answer your question, how much we had to learn, like in terms of color grading, color grading, you can like that can be your job in Hollywood. Like we're definitely nowhere near at the cap of of like color grading but it was like a whole new tool we had to put yeah. in our tool belt and uh yeah like we're still learning it uh, but yeah like unlocking that new tool and like okay like it's just it's like um you, you get to learn if you like something or not you, like you get to learn if something's your passion you unlock new potential passions yeah like uh, like color grading for sure is an example of uh a new learned passion that I discovered that I really like. Like I, I enjoy color grading a lot, uh, and I didn't even know. Um, so that's that's an example of expanding your capacity. Yeah. Okay, we didn't really answer the question, but <laughs> no, I I think that did. I think it was like a a very thorough response. And yeah. the answer is really it's like a mixture of all three. You know what I mean? It's it's really hard to decide what actually is yeah. gonna bring you up it, it, i think i do think the the common belief does rely too much on equipment though yeah which, so which might be the heart of your question too yeah it's it's, it's, it's hard though because you see all these creators on instagram well, right? you, yeah well you see you go up there you look, up, you look at this new camera you're like red whatever and then youtube is just like this awesome video and then you're just like okay what's well, the camera that unlocks that yeah that's kind of like that same thing with like i think a lot of those people i don't want to blank at all in like instagram creatives that go out and buy really nice cameras right away but that almost is like that money grab you know what i mean like they're 
they're very much like planning this as like a business rather than trying to be a creative it's a lot of the photos look the same same like Mm -hmm. very same simple style but it looks really good because of their equipment right and then that kind of goes to what we were saying you you should reach the max of your current equipment so that when you buy that equipment you unlock something that you weren't able to do before shouldn't be oh i'm just gonna buy a new camera and then you're doing the same like filter on it or whatever as you were before it's almost like your like <laughs> full potential is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what we would do when we would shoot with Canon. Like all of our color was preset. Oh yeah, LUTs. LUTs, yeah. So our next vertical improvement would be a higher end film camera that requires a larger crew to operate. Yeah, I think we've probably reached the max with this one. Yeah. Dang, let's go. So how long have you had this camera? That you a year and a half. Okay. It'd be good to keep this one though, right? Yeah, we're gonna keep it. Well, we have two of these, so we're gonna. Cause now you'll have, dang! So you get to shoot with multiple lenses. That's so cool. That's my that's my dream. I don't even shoot videos, but like I want to direct something, and I want to be like able to like be like, yo, this is the angle I want. I also yeah, want yeah. this other angle just in case that one looks better than this one. What the fuck? <laughs> when making films or videos, you really only need like three lenses. Yeah. Um, like. Most directors in Hollywood have their three favorite lenses. Um, it's not like you need this huge arsenal of gear. But... I, I'd want one guy on with a handy cam, like just quality, but yeah. just like in the shots. I saw that in the toy, what was it? Uh, the Home Alone documentary on Netflix. They were talking about like how they shot that. And so some oh, okay. of the, some of the, family... uh, what was that? No, go ahead, sorry. Oh, but some of the some of the like the the shots where like the the people hurt themselves, like the guy had to like run underneath, you know, and try and only make it so it was one take. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you don't imagine being a director like on a real set. There's so many moving parts, especially when you look at like behind the scenes. You got to get like a natural high, just like fucking doing. It. <laughs> yeah, like right away. Like that movie on Netflix, I forgot what it was called. It was like a war movie, but it shows it was like a one take and the guy was like strapped up in the back of like a truck. But like it was like, oh, there was like bombs going off and shit. And he was just there just in the back of the truck. It was crazy. I forgot what movie it was though. I have seen yeah, a that, movie. I think it's 1970. Yeah, it's oh yeah, 1970. Yeah. That movie Birdman was also shot in only like six takes. Or like, yeah. I don't know how many it was, but. I could, I could never finish that movie. I don't know why. Yeah. It's very different. It's very <laughs> weird. Magic <laughs> Seventy was good. Yeah. What kind of movies do you guys like? Like, what's your guys' like favorite like genres? Um, I like thriller, philosophical. Like my last favorite movie, which like was like Parasite, I guess. Oh, Parasite was sick. Oh, yeah. Parasite was a really Parasite. good movie. Yeah. Um. Like Hereditary, Suspiria. I don't know if you guys seen those, but yeah, Hereditary too. They sound scary, bro. I, I, I don't watch those. You don't like horror movies? I love horror movies. <laughs> no. I, yeah. love I mean, just movies. looking at your guys's whole style, you can tell you guys are into yeah. some freaky. I just freaky love movies. that scene. It's so sick. It's like super weird. Yeah. I I think Suspiria. I really like. I liked it more than her. It was like Hereditary and Suspiria came out the same year. I like Suspiria yeah. more. I feel like it was like the kind of underappreciated. But... I've never even heard of this one. one. I don't think yeah, I've never heard of that one either. Yeah, well, it's a, like it's, it, it wasn't really that big, but what is it called one more it's, time? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 
Very you strong. had to leave the theater, right? Yeah, I had to leave the theater. Yeah. It was that bad. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How come? It's it a, it a really intense scene. I don't want to. It's funny. I want to watch it. it, 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 it like yeah, to yeah, the like it's an amazon to the point where you have to ask who approved it <laughs> really <laughs> it's weird that a no. movie that makes you question yeah, that yeah. was actually in theaters I, no no i mean i walked out but i did like it um i don't mean it was a little too much for me wait did you finish it though after like or you no. never finished it you never finished it no <laughs> i want to watch, watch it now <laughs> Only so movie I ever walked out. Suspiria. Suspiria, but there's an original and there's a. Yeah. It's not really a remake. It's like a, a different iteration of the story. Uh, uh, that's basically. It was like one is like 1960 or something. The other one came out like 2018. Those are like made up numbers, so nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no films. Films that I like are. Just anything that looks good, really. I'm. I'm a like. Like visually pleasing um film. um i don't know like the basics like stanley kubrick uh i mean stanley kubrick's my favorite director but just anything that looks good really a, a lot of blade runner yeah blade runner a lot of a lot of movies that i know took a lot of work to produce and that aged well i would yeah. say it's crazy too, cause like before I even did videos, like I didn't. I just looked at a movie like a regular movie. Now that I do videos and stuff, like I watch one, and I'll be like, "Oh, the color grading super sick. I like how I like this yeah. angle. I like how they shot this." It's like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like movies now. Do you guys find, or Kevin, do you find that you get a lot of inspiration from like just film, or like would you catch yourself taking inspiration from either like a song or a picture you see online? No, I think it's more of like I'm a visual learner, so like I'll I'll get inspiration from like music videos. Like I really, really, really love documentaries. Like, um, okay. uh, have you guys seen like the Richard? Not to be like fucked up, but like the Richard Ramirez, how like the effects and like how they shot it and how everything's like put together. Like Richard Ramirez, I think there was another one. It was a uh, the the one in England. But like all I do those, remember like, the Richard Ramirez one, yeah. Yeah, I just like how they like put everything together. Like, I I really I I want to do that in the future. Like, do a documentary, but I feel like it would take more yeah. people. But like documentaries like that really inspire me. It's like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny you point that one out because I I remember watching it and yeah, I was really impressed with the visuals, even though like the story was extremely heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think Jose does do a lot of the visuals, like a lot more than me. For me, it's more like the story, the dialogue, type of thing. Yeah, how everything's like put together too. I think it's super sick. Yeah. I like Hot Rod. That's probably like one of my favorite movies. Hot Rod. It's yeah. not shot like that, but bro, like whoever wrote that, they're so good, man. They just every fucking every scene. There's a fucking one-liner that's just hilarious, and <laughs> it's absurd the entire time. Like when he's falling down, like the mountain after he like crashes his bike. Like, yeah. I thought it was so long ago. I barely remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the, the last time I saw it. The whole it premise probably... of him fighting his dad is like the best part, or his stepdad. <laughs> I always just like imagine that, like, any sort of stepchild wants to fight their stepdad. 
<laughs> and I always think about that kid. It's like, you're not my dad. And then I imagine how It's funny, though, because he's obviously an adult. Like, he wasn't a kid. Yeah. I think he was, like, after, like, he was, like, 18, 19, supposedly. Have you guys ever seen Pen15? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. This show where, kind of like that, where it's, like, these adult women that play, like, seventh grade girls. And, like, it's so weird because everybody else in the school is kids. But they're, oh, like, 30-year-old women them. playing these people. <laughs> yes, dude, it's so... That's so weird. My... That's not because of the story, right? That's just, like, the way they catch it. Yeah, they they're really they're the it. writers. So, so like the two girls that are old are the writers of the story, and it's like their their story. Oh, yeah. So they're writing about when they were in fucking seventh grade or whatever, oh, and they're playing themselves. But yeah. every, everyone everyone else is cast as their actual age. So it's very that's actually kind of cool because like it's not problematic whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like because I'm sure there's some weird stuff that happened while they were kids, but. They don't have to have a kid act it out. They could do it yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah except when it involves the other kids. <laughs> like, are, you know, are you aware I didn't watch the show. <laughs> when, like, is the audience aware that they're not that age in the movie? Or It's pretty yeah, obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> they're like 30-year-old women. You know what I mean? And like... <laughs> it, it's... My mom was kind of off-put by it, but I thought it was like added to the comedy of it. I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Like it, it's okay. super obvious that you know, and that nothing crazy ever happens. And I'm sure, like the kids that were kids are yeah. probably over eighteen. You know what I mean? It's not like anything. So you like comedy, right? Yeah, it was like on Hulu. You know what I mean? It's not like it's comedy is cool. I mean, <coughs> I think we'd be super bad at comedy. <laughs> it, I mean, it's interesting to see what Todd Phillips did because, like, he was doing Hangover, and uh, what else did he do? It was Hangover. Uh, Hangover Two. Hangover Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he went from making those movies to making Joker. So. Oh, it's the same director. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's it's weird what like you never know what these guys have, like what their potential is. But. Yeah. I mean, in shooting comedy, how much of it is, like cinematography versus the actual script? You know what I mean. Is it, so most comedies are like flat visually. And a lot of the substances within the joke, so I would yeah. say not that much. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of wild. Well, a lot of it's improv too. A lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. You just get a good Cat. comedian and whole improv yeah. in front of the camera for thirty minutes, and then you go edit. Yeah. yeah, like Seth Rogen's whole crew, or like Adam Sandler's whole crew, like that yeah. has just got to be so easy for them. I know. Actually, right. Yeah. They're just all shooting the yeah. shit. Have you yeah, seen most this? of them are stand up. Have you seen what? This is the end. Most of the. Oh, I talked about this. I have not. Oh, very good. Here you go. This is the end. Is super good. This is so funny. Oh, you guys haven't seen it. What? The end. You haven't seen it. It's so funny. Me neither. Everyone tells me it's so good that I'm really afraid to watch it and not. Oh, you haven't seen it either. Nah. They all play as themselves. I know. It's It's so funny. I've seen clips. But that's it. I remember seeing the trailers when I was like a kid. I was when I was when I came out. So yeah. what? What about you guys? What are your like favorite movies from Milk, Milk Noise? Noise. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, you go. Really, I don't know. I like anything. Um, I used to hate horror movies, 
but then I met Kevin, and now I Just like him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I used to not like horror movies at all, but now I'm like intrigued by them. Um, but the scariest movie I've ever seen that like traumatized me was The Fourth Kind. Have you guys ever watched it? You, you guys probably think it's like dumb. Is it like but... the newer one? Or not newer? It's not like... old one. Okay, because like one came out in like movie. the 2000s, right? The fourth yeah. kind. I haven't seen it. No. The fourth kind. Yeah, well, yeah, that movie traumatized me. I'm gonna have to watch, watch it ever again after that. Yeah, because but... they put like a bunch of creepy owls in it, and like owl. She hates owls now. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a super owls white creepy owl. Yeah. Owls are kind of creepy when you see them in person. I've only seen yeah, like two owls yeah, in person. They are. Well, their legs go all the way up. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that video. Oh, I hate owls. Oh my God. I hate them. Pepper spray that bitch. I hate an owl. <laughs> you hit an owl? Yeah, well, we were driving. It's like pitch black. And the owl's wings were like covered my whole brain. Oh my <laughs> God. That's my worst nightmare. I was Dude, listening I to, to a podcast. I went to the zoo once. And you know how they do like, um, like the showings where they show animals and stuff? Um, They brought an owl out. And I was like, nope. And I like literally got up and I started walking away. And they, the perp, like the show of the owl was for it to fly over the audience. And when it was flying, it looked like it was flying towards me, and I started running. <laughs> it just came back to the show person, but I was so embarrassed. But I hate owls. I almost yeah. cried. It was so embarrassing. Their heads can rotate so. like three sixty, no? Yeah. That's another thing. It's yeah. like, why? Why can they do that? What the, what the fuck is the whole point? <laughs> so weird. Just to fuck with it. It's probably because they're, they're like predator and prey, right? Something in their development allows them yeah. to. Oh, because they need to watch, you know. That's so weird. But they do have the eyes on the front of their heads. They have long ass yeah, legs. Yeah, the prey has them on the side for a bigger field of view. He knows a lot about animals. That's right. What what are your guys' favorite animals? Let's just let's just get into more favorites. Oh, I like an octopus. Oh damn. Mine's a dolphin. Those are aliens, bro. I feel well, like those, those are, are like two of the smartest animals just off the board. Yeah, crazy. Listen, dolphin. Yeah. What's mine? Oh, we wouldn't know, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to, I was like, I'm talking to myself shark? in my head. Like, what's? It's a shark, but like, eh. I think. Uh, have you guys heard of a red panda? Yeah. Oh yeah. Those like are small, so right? Yeah, they're like they have like I think they're red and then they have like white and black stripes. They kind of look like raccoons, but they're like they're cute. Yeah. They're cute. Right now, mine is a raccoon. I think they're misrepresented. Have you seen the video of the the fat dude giving the feeding the raccoons? Like a bunch of raccoons come up to him and he starts feeding them. They're all oh, super fat. Yeah, oh, I think my. I've seen that actually. Well, they have like fat. I guess that they look like squares. <laughs> <laughs> I like the video where it's just like they like go look in the dumpster and there's like fucking forty of them. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, like, oh my god. You know, yeah, I like think them. raccoons are cool. They're really cool, like animated characters, like in Guardians of the Galaxy or what yeah. was it like Over the Hedge, like a raccoon or something. Oh, yeah. 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 Like them. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a raccoon. Yeah. 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 Rocket. What's his name? Yeah. Rocket. 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 Yeah, Rocket is a yeah. I love Guardians. Don't of the call Galaxy. him that. Don't call him that. Though. Don't call him that. Why? No, don't call him Rocket. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. What's my favorite animal? I, I I've always liked like uh, 
like apes and monkeys, like gorilla type uh, type shit. Oh, gorilla I've scary. always thought they were so cool. Dude, oh, so I would ripped. never go by them. Hell no. They're so naturally ripped. It scares the shit out of me. Have you seen them fight? Like at the zoos? Yeah, they're like they're, <laughs> they fuck each other. Actually, okay, so this brings up oh, a okay. question from from a podcast that we had. All right, so you have the biggest possible gorilla that you can get. So like a silverback gorilla, right? Versus the biggest possible bear that you can get, which is like a, a Kodiak bear or something. Um, which one do you think is actually like walking away from a fight if they had to fight? The bear. 100%. The, the gorilla. Bear. Okay, I want to hear reasoning. For both. You guys go first. I need some time. No, it's the it's the bear. It's the bear because the bear can really stand up. Claws too. I think I think a gorilla can take more damage. No, you can move around faster and just fucking put them in a chokehold real quick. Now gorillas are smarter though. And they can punch too. Like they can like they have more mobility. So are you you changing your answer right now? If you go in that fight punching, it's a losing game. You gotta. Yeah, that's my thing. No, that's the thing I always say. You're going to win by bites? <laughs> by, oh, by bites in the bear. Yeah. Well, actually, a gorilla does have, like, one of the strongest bite forces of all Oh, animals. they have, like, huge fangs, too. Yeah. That's crazy. But I think, like, for me, what it comes down to and why I think it's a bear is, like, gorillas are kind of, like, lazy. They don't, like, hunt. You know what I mean? That A lot of it is, like, vegetation that they eat, whereas a bear is killing every single meal it's got to eat. Yeah, it's, it's it's getting used to taking big animals down. I feel like it's done. Mm. Isn't that crazy though? They eat just fucking fruits and bananas and shit like that. And they're all fucking brawling. They're so huge. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, imagine you just lived outside and you had to go find your food every day and like a bunch of cardio. And do, like, just build shelter, move around. Yeah. We'd all be ripped, dude. Cavemen yeah. were fucking ripped. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I can't even drive 10 minutes to the gym. <laughs> we'll start going working out with the gorillas, start yeah. hunting with them and shit. <laughs> nah. I haven't, like, worked out seriously since, like, high school. I was, like, on sports teams. Not life anymore. Nah. I did football freshman year, and I was like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> I, did, I did football the whole time. All four years? Nah. What, what yeah, position did I, you play? I was never I good. Know. I was never good. I was never good either. Either. You were a receiver? I remember they kicked... Like, I don't know what it's called, but when they is it a point return? But they kicked it off to us, and I went for it. And I dropped it, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Oh, <laughs> Shit, like, I fell and everything. My balance was all off. <laughs> like never again. <laughs> how people think? Like I always see people tweeting stuff about how like they could be the quarterback of a team and be better. You know, I'm like, dude, there's no. Yeah, I know. Professional athletes. Yeah, bro, those athletes are gonna fucking. They're so fast. That's why. So all that conditioning too, bro. It's crazy. Over two hundred pounds coming at you. Hell oh, no. <laughs> it's like a fucking silverback gorilla coming at you, dude. <laughs> so, For real. Like that's why I never like decided I was gonna start when I was in high school. Cause like there was a moment I wanted to play, right? Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna make it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna make it to the NFL one day. <laughs> you know, I had one of those dreams. <laughs> and. And then, like, we started hitting each other. Yeah, I was like, bro, like, in 10 years, man, if in 10 years, like, this shit is not going to be worth it. Like, if I don't make it to the NFL, which the likelihood is very unlikely, nah. So then I stopped taking it that seriously. But I enjoyed the conditioning, so I kept I kept that up. Yeah, I keep you in shape. sports life peaked in, like, fourth grade. 
Would you yeah. play like some baseball, <laughs> or soccer? I made two goals in one soccer game. Hey. <laughs> You're like mom, I made it too. I'm telling school. Yeah. Dude, mine was seventh grade when I caught an infield fly ball. Let's go. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> I feel like I quit sports to make videos. It's a... That's not true. <laughs> I'm gonna think. My like best like school sports moment was probably like in golf. Oh, I, I had a golf team too. Yeah, you're... where a beer pong, ping pong. Oh, ping pong. Yeah. Was that like at like an actual school thing, or did you just play no, ping no, pong? No, okay. My dad bought a ping pong thing. We had it in our garage. Fire. Me and my brother would like for summer. Like, <laughs> That's like one of the like things the I little... get most competitive about whenever I see a ping pong table somewhere. I know. <laughs> like, dude, I want to play so bad. Well, it takes me like three games to warm up. Though. So first game like garbage, and then three games in. Yeah. You just gotta go back and forth for a second until you're ready. Me and Maria are beer pong champions. We're undefeated. <laughs> yeah, undefeated, undefeated. Like we're as undefeated. a duo. Yeah, as a duo, we're undefeated. Duo. We're pretty good. <laughs> how long have you been playing beer pong? You don't have to tell me how two old years. you are now. For <laughs> 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 like two years. Okay. Oh, no, it's just like a cool, fun little drinking yeah. game. So for one of those years, we were in a pandemic and you couldn't play. Oh, yeah, no. They developed their skills over the, over uh, okay. the. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You guys. Yeah. Okay. I've <laughs> an endless game. I've mentioned like a future housewarming party whenever I move. Um, I'm gonna invite you guys and we're gonna play beer pong. Do it. I, okay. I want to see the keep that going. Yeah. Everybody that's been on the podcast, I'm gonna. <laughs> gonna be the outlet party and then gonna live stream that. I'm put my camera. That'd be sick. <laughs> Nobody underage. I don't ever want to have to make content. Like I like the podcast because we get to meet people and interview them, but I don't ever want to be a content-based like thing. Like, that mean? sounds hard, bro. Oh, like YouTube. Like, like oh, if we had a vlog, like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah vlog. Well, sounds, I feel like that, that would be exhausting. simple, man. We wouldn't fucking do anything except for <laughs> mic the building. Or you could just get like someone to film you and just go follow you all day and shit. That'd be cool too. Ray, I, if you're in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're in here every day. That's kind of like the move nowadays, too. It's crazy with YouTube. Like, people don't really, like, film themselves anymore. They have, like, a team or some shit now. Like, Mr. Beast, like, his production team is fucking crazy. I, I don't understand how that dude operates. Like, dude, how much money know. is he making from YouTube oh, that so he can give out so like much too. money? No, he's the highest earning creator on YouTube. Yeah. Right, but so, he gives out so much. So, like, what yeah, he's dude, making has to be fucking loaded. insane. And he's paying yeah, a whole team? Like, holy shit. I would say he's probably making 10x what he's giving away. Including, like, paychecks? Or, yeah, like, oh, God. Sure. That's yeah. crazy. Maybe dropping, oh, yeah, like, thousands of dollars. Yeah, because yeah, all the people in his videos, they're his friends, but they're, like, actually, like, working for him. And shit. It's, like, an actual yeah, job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's where cool. I want to be one day. I want to be able to pay all the homies. I know. That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I like these corporate companies paying you like ten dollars an hour and shit. They'll pay. They'll pay um a creative team though to shoot like a corporate event, like a lot yeah. of money. Oh so really? It just it just depends on how you want to make your money off of corporate yeah. America. Yeah. You could. You, you gotta could definitely them up. um finesse them real quick. 
like it kind of sounded like when you guys first started talking about how you guys started working with DJs, um, mm-hmm. you guys were in reality that was like you guys, um, like getting like cold calling almost, yeah. you know, like because you're trying to get leads and you're trying to get someone to agree to do something, yeah. and it's not until they actually pay you when like that deal's done. So, yeah, uh, so in a way, you guys are like salespeople and business people trying to like entrepreneurs, you know, trying to yeah. do what you guys do. So I think if you guys keep going and build like a real, you know, and, and keep like putting like business, being business minded, I think yeah. it could be a thing where that's what you do full time. That's, that's something you want to do. Do that full time and like still have time to be creative, you know, in your art. Yeah. But that's just like the end goal at the end of the day, like not having to work for somebody else. Just like being your own boss. You get to do whatever the fuck you want. Wake up whenever you want. Like, just bust your ass off for yourself, not for somebody else, you know? But it's all temporary. I work work at a small marketing agency, and um, we have a graphics designer that works there. Um, And then also, too, like, just being friends with Christian, and now he's working at his second graphic design job. But he has, like, no school experience. Like, seeing that happen, like, I think it's possible for anyone in, like, who's a creative like you guys to get a job. doing the thing that you guys are passionate about you just gotta like be professional about it and i don't think you guys aren't that's not what i mean by that i just think um like you gotta develop a goal create you know portfolio and just present yourself like like professionally and take yourself seriously because like how you how you gonna expect someone to take you seriously unless like you know like they have a good first impression on you yeah yeah which which kind of sucks that you had to do that. I know. It is what it is. Yeah. We do what? Uh, they're um, saying like market yourself professionally, uh, and so you can build a good reputation, so you can go to X X and sell yourself. Yeah, because like there's a lot of people in the creative scene other than you guys, you know. Right, and, right. But you guys take your guys' self seriously you move like with like with with a business mindset you know and not everyone thinks that that way and how old are you guys you guys have been doing it for how long now like how long you guys been shooting videos eight years yeah well like if you count like all the way back eight years the the business portion and like the the professional portion of it was like kind of new we knew we had to develop for sure well my first paid job was like probably like four years ago four years ago okay yeah but before it became like a legit business was like two two and a half years ago we kind of had to figure out the three separate revenue streams to fund the actual vision of the company so it's about positioning yourself to execute your goal and, and part of that was to present ourselves professionally. Yeah. So, so like, how did that happen, though? Like, how did you decide? Because you said you've been doing it for eight years, and you've only been doing it, like, with a business approach for the last two. Like, when did that switch flip? Did it just, like, was it like, yo, I'm going to do this um, for real? Or was it like you writing down a list of goals and determining, like, yo, this is what I'm going to need to do in order to get there? For For me, it was more like a crossroads where it was either, go to film school or start this and I chose start this 
Um, but yeah, that, that that's what the decision was. Better investment, I think. Yeah, yeah unless you got school paid for. Yeah, yeah. Or you'd be like well, a highly I, specialized thing. Yeah, yeah. I uh, um, this one. So yeah, I got my. I actually got my school paid for. Paid for. Yeah. So I went for school for something else. Um, but I did it as like pretty much as like a backup. Um, so, um, but for me it was like where it was just like you just had to make the decision. Um, like this would this what you want. And then once you make that decision, it was like just go go in basically. Yeah, I feel you. I I like also went to school for, like I had the same reason. I had it all paid for, and like my the way I was raised, my mom there's just like a not even an expectation, just like you're not gonna be able to live life until you get this piece of paper type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I did, and then like it, when I got to school is when I realized I didn't want to do school. You know what I mean? Like, up until that point, I was smart. I was good at school. So, like, I figured it was an obvious next step. And then immediately, once I got into, like, university, it was just like, no, I don't want to do this. But it was paid for. So, I, like, wrote it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing for me, too, was when it became, when it looked like it became monetarily sustainable. Yeah. That's when I was able to put my chips, like, into that basket, you know? Yeah. I think my mom's just a teacher, so like she was more worried about the actual education part than me, like making a lot of money, getting a good or anything like. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I I always yeah. knew I could make money other ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. When when I went to school for things that I was interested in, so it wasn't like like I wouldn't take it back. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, how long did you guys go to school for or college? Uh, four years. Yeah. Oh, you graduated? Yeah. Well, no. So, so I I kind of like I'm I'm a graduate right now, which like in like a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, tight. Congrats. Ooh, congrats, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What did you like? What's your degree, if you don't mind sharing? <laughs> so it's it's physics and philosophy. Oh, you're super. Oh, smart. big brain. You coming yeah. back on the pod? <laughs> Can't even but yeah, it. like not, nothing to do with. Mine was economics and business, so like kind of yeah. roughly like learning how to operate a business is very helpful in yeah. what I plan to do, but it's not like gonna be. I a, think an I think the philosophy did help me with like because philosophy is just like ideas basically, which helped me with like stories and uh, like scripts. Also, I think more artists should be operating as business people. Just as a general statement, like I feel like artists should have CEOs. They should be CEOs, or they should have. Uh, they should have CEOs. Okay, so like hire like a manager type deal. Yeah, I yeah I think if like if 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 you want to take this seriously and like you want to do it for a living, you need to operate as such in in the way where you you kind of have to rearrange your priorities i would say but i don't know probably just rambling but i agree with you i think as an artist the less hats you wear the better your art will be the less shit you have to worry about besides the actual art uh, it's gonna come through 
That's why, like, artists have, like, touring managers, managers, like, agencies. Like, cause they don't want to deal with none of that, like, business bullshit. They just want to fucking make music, create their art, and then just... That's it. So, yeah. Kind of curious. How did you guys all get your, like, company names? Or I know you two kind of, like, operate under... I don't like saying IG names because I can't think of, like, what it's actually called. But, like, your moniker, like, Blue and Kira Wolf. Like, how did you guys yeah. come up with those? With Blue? I'm just so... I'm bad at names, dude. Like, I'll... I'm like, oh, I need a name for this, and I'll spend weeks just trying to figure it out. I get so stressed out. But I think Blue just, like, it just popped up in my head. Like, literally just, like, I was, like, in the middle of bed. I think I was about to go to sleep, and I was, like, I thought of it, and I just wrote it down. And that shit's been my handle since, like, freshman year of high school. So is it Blue, and then World of Blue is just, like, the handle that you Yeah, chose? World of Blue is just, like, the thing, yeah. but it's just Blue. World of Blue used to be a brand, right, for a minute? No, it was, uh, I named it Planetary Beings. Planetary Beings? Yeah. That was like freshman year, freshman year high school. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to do a brand for years, man, but trying to do it with other people that weren't really like taking it seriously is kind of like, that's what stopped yeah. It's like, like when uh, you... yeah, go ahead. No, no, you had a vision, just, I don't want to interrupt it. No, yeah, I was just saying like, I don't know. You know what you want, like, at the end of the day. And, like, other people aren't in the same wavelength. And, like, just fucking just run with it yourself, you know? Yeah, that's pretty good. We don't really put an emphasis on a brand. We kind of just want people to know us for the content. Uh, but, like, Noche Americana, it's, it's, a, it's a process of shooting something in the day and making it look like it was nighttime in post. And so for me, like, I love the, the start to finish process of filmmaking. It's taking something that's nothing and making it something. Um, so Noche Americana kind of encapsulates that idea, the, the process of, of making something that was shot in day, something that was night. So I, I, I thought it sounded nice and we just went ahead and went with that. And I like how iconic the word North America is. So. I, I felt like it was like catching. So, it sounds super cool. That's it. It's in Spanish too. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. We. I wanted something in Spanish too. Yeah. And uh, I. I definitely like both the names. Even like milk noise in itself makes you just think, and you're not gonna forget it. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. That, was, that was the goal with that name. It was just to make it like stick in your head. It wasn't. In, it wasn't like nothing like meaningful. You know. Just something like weird. That. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we literally were just hanging out and we were talking about because before we were milk noise, like we were doing our own thing and we were just like, um, like, how come we don't do it together? You know, like we he does more of the video parts. I do more like the pictures and he does pictures, too. Um, And we're just thinking about like like us being a duo and coming up with the random name. And we were just saying like random names together. Yeah, like random, random stuff. And then, yeah, once we said milk noise, like I was kind of like, that's that kind of sticks to your head. And then when we ran with it, like a lot of people like complimented Sorry, it. Like we said the same thing. Yeah, like it's just random, but it sounds good together. And it like, it does stick to your head once you like hear it or say it. Yeah, it's crazy. Too. It's like, like lyrical lemonade. Like it's just, it's just like random things that kind of like, they kind of have to make sense, but not at the same time. Just like they kind of just like stick in your head. And I feel like if you have like a good little like branding behind it, then it just makes it pop more. 
I feel like a lot of like companies do that shit. Picking the name is very important. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that's like step one. Yeah. No. No. Because like, that's why people come up with pen names, bro. Like, what you operate under is very important. Like, what you're called, what you're referenced as. That's like the first uh, impression for most people. Like, have you seen this movie, Hereditary? That's their first yeah. impression instantly. It's like the name. I mean, yeah. so having that yeah. good name is very important, I think. What about uh, off, I like steering off topic? Uh, this is a question for Kevin and Maria. But why why did you choose to market yourself as a company? Uh, oh, I don't know if you do actually. But if you do, why did you choose that rather than marketing yourself as a duo? Um, Maria and Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, not like Maria and Kevin. Well, yeah, sort of. I feel like. I'm sorry. The, the reason I bring this up is because I think nowadays people trust individuals more than companies. Yeah. So that was the thing I was debating with whether we market ourselves as a company or a duo, and we wanted to be more professional, so we company. Uh, but like, what what was like your reasoning? A really good go? question. You can go ahead. <laughs> you can answer. I feel like, like. We market ourselves as a company, but like if we introduce ourselves, we introduce ourselves like as a duo, just because um, I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because it's like I don't know. Like you guys know, like the work speaks for itself. You know, like they don't. They're not really gonna like look at type like those type of types of things. But I feel like just the work itself just speaks for itself. I feel like people like in our page too. Like it says that we are a duo. We just don't put our names um the other thing too is just there's um like yeah like how he said like we we people know us as milk noise or just kevin and maria um and if we do meet up with them we like they do introduce us like oh they know that this is duo is milk noise um and sometimes it's interesting kind of off topic but there was an instance once where we a lot of people don't know that it's one female and one male in the in the duo, like for Milk Noise. Um, people just assume it's two guys, you know, guys working on like, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting for for that too, because um, there's also an instance where we had a shoot for a DJ, um, and they introduced us as Milk Noise, but I was completely avoided. <laughs> like he just introduced himself yeah. to Kevin, and um, the DJs were. So it was the DJs with us and then another DJ and he was introducing us to him and he said hi to Kevin, but he like completely ignored me. Like I had to introduce myself like, hey, yeah, like I'm also part of Milk Noise, you know, like I'm my name's Maria and like I introduced myself. But it's just interesting on that in that aspect, too, because I feel like there's not a lot of females in that, um, like in this space of creative, like photography or videography and stuff, um, which kind of sucks. But that's also why i didn't want to put as maria and kevin um just because it's like it's cool to like people don't know that it's a female and a male it's um, kind of like anonymous too yeah that's, that's of, like the other aspect i like of it we're kind of like anonymous until you actually like meet us and it's like oh shit okay yeah and like i want people to want to work with us because of our work not because you know they see who we are and like we like i don't know it's kind of hard to explain like in our page we don't have pictures of both of us uh it's just pretty much just work um and we share that with everybody um but 
yeah i think yeah like we never like properly introduced like us into milk noise we just started posting all of our work yeah that's what kind of like okay is it like that on your website as well or do you guys have a bio there on like who the duo um no i think i think we have our names in the thing i think yeah, it says where we're we send, like, even when we send emails too we say like it's a duo yeah um and we do say our names too like oh it's kevin and maria um so people do know us by our name too i'm curious what was the when you like introduced yourself and like almost corrected them be like yo like i'm also milk by the way <laughs> what was their reaction it, it looked like he didn't care honestly i think that was like the most like like weirdest thing ever um doing this kind of work was just like that one time that stuck with me because i was like that's crazy like he didn't you know he like completely ignored me um it's kind of like that was cool too yeah it, it was kind of cool because i was like well yeah like you know what i'm actually part of milk noise too and when we started working with him um like i was doing the work too um but i don't know it was just an interesting um interaction but other than that, I don't think I've ever had any other problems or like weird altercations like that. Um, but I don't know. It was just interesting. I feel like that's the annoying part, though, of like working, like mostly working with like artists and shit. Because like, I don't know, man, some people are just like super shitty. And then like, like you'll see their brand, you'll see their brand. They're all squeaky clean or this and that. Or you kind of get this image of like what they are. But then when you really meet them, it's like, oh, you're fucking, you're a shit person, man. <laughs> So I feel like that's like the downfall of it all. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool though because you get that sneak peek into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have this thing that automatically is like can throw a red flag for you. Yeah. Just like I kind of fuck with that. All the time. That's like why, like, not to say that I wanted Trump as my president. I in no way did. But knowing who was for that shit, that's like wearing something on your chest that just tells me who you are and what you're about. Yeah. And like yeah. the quicker I learn that shit, the better for me. Like, yeah. yeah like after that with that specific person like we never worked with him again um just because the whole like other than that the whole experience working with him was just like really weird oh yeah i want to um, tell him that story too especially um jose and i didn't get your name my bad robert jose and robert? robert yeah because yeah, like have you ever guys experienced something where you 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 like take the time you edit the video you have it all ready and you send it over and they kind of like mess with it instead of kind of like asking you can you change these type of things can you do this can you do that like have you ever guys like ran into that because this is what happened with that specific person that was like so pissed that's why we never worked with them again yeah yeah um yeah we have we have experienced that um i think that's like really it's like they're just shitting on you yeah like you take all your time and stuff and like you know they they pay for it too so you want to make sure that they like it um and we've had like some situations where the person would like we repost our stuff and put like an Instagram filter or oh, add like like add something so on it that wasn't that makes our work not look like our work. It's like garbage, yeah. And then you just tag our name on it, just like because we took the picture, but in reality, yeah. you're just flashing it. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 hard because I mean, as the creator of the product, you're taking on a, an approach as like an artist um but they see it as a service and when you deliver the final product the, i i'm assuming that their thought process is i own this now i can do whatever i want to it um 
which is which is fine i think um but if you wanted i don't know because for me it's not offensive but it is also like why do you ruin it yeah <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. It, you kind of it, it's kind of like they don't trust the the output. Yeah. So it is a bit, like expectation. Well, for me, it, yeah, it's kind of like so they'll like want to change something, and I, like I, I would prefer that they tell us, "Hey, can you change yeah. this?" Yeah. Yeah, same so here. You could, do, you could do it and make it look good, but then they do like their crappy version of it, and like if you're messing in the project, you're just like, oh. You you ruined it. Basically. Yeah. yeah, and then the sucky part was that he posted it and everything. Like he didn't tell us anything. We watched yeah. it, and then I was like, "What are you doing?" And I had to message him and like everything. But... Yeah. Ha- have you implemented certain um like contracts to prevent that? No, we learned that the hard way. <laughs> but okay. yeah, like we yeah we definitely learned from that. That was like when we first started uh milk noise. Yeah. Uh, but ever since that, like we we did talk about that, and that's how we learned about having to have that contract and putting those certain things in there. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's smart. It's, it's wild. Cause like I've always been like really for contracts anytime I do business. And mm-hmm. It's because like when I was little, I would like make deals with my mom or some shit, like to get some shit I wanted. And I, I never wanted it to just be like, oh, no, that didn't happen or that wasn't said. So I was making contracts when I was like eight years old. <laughs> I would type up no, shit. I, we'd both smart. sign it. I remember that. I would do, they would like, like okay, like, I'll give you, you know, like a dollar if you clean your room or whatever. Get yeah. that in writing. Yeah, dude, same. <laughs> I was, <I'm> here, <laughs> and, then, and then my mom would flip it on me too. Sometimes I would say I would do some shit that like I what probably wasn't going to do. And she's like, all right, sign here. I'd be like, oh, all right. <laughs> so the contract has been real for me forever. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing that. That's cool. And make sure you keep them. I have yeah. like yeah. real contracts still, like yeah, like a document folder. Yeah, um, Tannen definitely came in clutch. Like when I first started working with Slater, we would do shit right. One of the first shows Tannen ever like came to, um, like on the flyer, I put that I was gonna charge. And everyone was already in the venue, right? So oh, that means in order to get payment, I had to kick everyone out the venue real quick to do it. And this man was going to let everyone like, just chill. There, there was like bro. at least like 30 people there. Yeah, for sure. They pay, like, And I paid for everything, so it made sense to charge these food so I can at least pay for the cost, you know, like for the night, the yeah. event space and the, and the actual equipment to put on the show. And I was like, like because I kind of had to do it, like I... I didn't want to be the bad guy. So Tana's like, nah, bro, you put it on the flyer. They came here. Like, yeah. So he, we kicked everyone out, and then he ended up doing it. And from then on, like, he he always, like, instilled professionalism. And, like, yeah. like I never cared about none of that shit. I, know, I was yeah. just like, yo, people come. Like, that's it. That's all yeah. I want. I, just <laughs> I don't know. I just saw it as, like, Number one, they did show up to this thing that we marketed as costing money. You know what I mean? So they yeah. already are aware. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then second, I believed in the what you were doing. So when I believe when in something that someone's doing, I think that they deserve the recognition and like the what's the right word? Like reciprocation. Um the which was like two dollars, dude. That show was like two, three bucks. Nothing yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I was like, nah man, that's not gonna Were people were in, was anyone like butthurt? Uh, I remember nobody nobody like left or didn't come to the show but this one kid was like damn bro I really got to pay and I was like 
dude it's like three bucks yeah and he's like all right let me go to my car he goes he gets a fucking pocket full of change dude just like counting out dimes and nickels to me i'm just like oh dog all right whatever (laughs) i I think that's a good trait too like in the business like being able to stand your ground yeah like yeah Yeah. that's what like like when like a lot of like shy people come into it like yeah it's kind of something you have to learn to do yeah i think it was because it wasn't the first show, you know what I mean? And there had been plenty of free shows. Yeah, the plenty. You know what I mean? Plenty, at least five. It's not like we were in I it. I miss those. Like, I don't know. I feel like my contribution has always been that more, like, business side of it. Professional. Um, I'm not in it to make money, but I understand that's a very important tool to access to. Yeah. To be able yeah. to do what we want to do. Yeah, and it just keeps so, you, like, making new shows and shit like that, too. Yeah. So, so like, the... Like, I don't do video work, but I think something I learned while doing all that was how to market something and just kind of understand what it was. Like, not keywords or anything yet, right? And then I did get a job that eventually, like, kind of tied it all together and, like, learned the keywords, learned, you know, the devil's work of uh, social media marketing. And I was able to get a job in that because I just understood it because that's what we did. You know, we we posted organically. Like, I see you... um um jose doing that with uh, your brand the playground right that's what it's called yeah we're trying to do organic growth yeah so you got to post right you got to make it you got to make something eye-catching you got to make it you got to share it with your group with with the people your network you know your your social media account to try and get it to be built organically and so like you're like you're you're slowly learning that and and i'm sure I know you pay for ads. I've seen ads from Noche Americano. Yeah, we've run a couple campaigns. Yes. So I see you I see you messing around with that. But that's a skill, dude. That's for sure a skill. So I don't know what yeah. your current yeah. job is, but um you should you should write that shit all down as as part of your resume cuz Yeah. Like people um, pay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we we're testing ads, yeah, we're testing a lot of different things. Yeah, right they, they, we we saw them as experiments too. Yeah, like refine our like ad settings, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, we're, we're we want to launch digital products, so it's a skill set that we're trying to grow. Um, yeah. Uh, one, one recommendation is ideal to like not make the video longer than fifteen seconds, and that's a good one. You you need to make like this. You need to make um, a version like for feed and for story you know so that that way it'll like look the best on both so when you're actually creating the ad ad out you put them in as different sizes if you didn't already know that that's that's just like some best practices yeah that's good input yeah i fell in love with that like vertical thing on instagram i've been doing it for like three years now i feel like it just makes it pop more when you like if you're about to like if you're gonna upload a video on the feed like just make it vertically because it will like catch people's attention more instead of like course, having course. it horizontally. Yeah. yeah, we needed to do that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a little different for us because like the video is getting recorded in landscape. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Yeah, because when course, I, shoot, yeah. I mean, there's stuff we could do in like Premiere. We could we could do it. It's just more work. Yeah. Well, I was curious to see what would happen with Quibi because all their content is vertical. Like it completely just failed. So, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, but I mean, the most successful like uh, vertical platform is TikTok. Um, so we're trying, 
I'm trying to get into that because it's probably like the most useful tool right now. Yeah, and their algorithm is crazy. Their algorithm, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, so while well, I was thinking of that, I was like, Instagram's going to be the Facebook and like. Yeah, it's already yeah. like everything's an ad or it's like a sponsored thing now. It's so annoying. It's, be- it's because yeah. Instagram is Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah it thing. is. Yeah. Well, TikTok's cool because like if your video is just dope, like it's going to perform well. Mm. Um, that, that's really all it is. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with how it works, but it'll show your video to at least 100 people. And if it performs well with those 100 people, it'll move up a tier. I'll show it to 1,000. If it performs well there, it'll move it up to 5,000. And that's how you, you'll, you'll make a viral video. Wait, every single um, post gets guaranteed shown to 100 people? Yeah. That aren't your right. followers? or like? Uh, yeah. Yeah, guaranteed 100 people. And like, I don't know what the percentage is, but if it performs well, it'll move on to the 1,000 tier. And if it dies off there, then they won't promote it anymore. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. It's efficient. And I think it's probably the best algorithm I've heard of. And it only shows the best of the best. YouTube has a really good one, but it's very, like, you have to, like, find your way into it. And then once you're into it, it fucking carries you. Well, Reddit Reddit is probably the most, like, democratic one. Votes. Oh, I've never been on Reddit. It's, It's cool. It's not for everyone. Yeah. You can find. It's just like a message board. You know what I mean? So there's message Uh, boards about everything. You can find communities for anything that's going on. So your favorite video game, your favorite food, your favorite fast food restaurant. There's probably a subreddit where you guys can talk about the new fucking McRib that came out or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it it is really cool in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it's anything. Like anything you can think of, there's probably a board on it and there's people contributing to it. And you can make it dude, actively. Actively. Like uh, the other day I had to do something for work and I didn't know like what the fuck it was that I had to fix. So, you know, like I just asked this fucking forum and like within two hours they responded. And I was surprised because it's not like I'm a frequent contributor. It's just I needed an answer and i couldn't google search it like i didn't know what keywords i had to put into the google search to find an, an answer yeah. so i hate when that happens i get so mad it's crazy because like all right, you bring up how you don't really know the keywords to google um and like m- my mom doesn't really ever know keywords to google. she like doesn't really know how to google shit she's like yeah, i can well, never yeah. get the same shit to pop up that you do dude your kids are going to be crazy Googlers. That's just going to be, they're going to get everything instant. Already- That's what I was telling Maria. You know how kind of we're like in the like start and peak of the internet? I wouldn't but say then peak. Our, but- not peak, but like we're kind of like we're flowing. With we're it. in it. Yeah. We're yeah. And then it. our parents are kind of like struggling a little bit. Well, my parents, <laughs> my yeah. parents like struggle a little bit with it. You think when we're parents in the future, we'll be the same way or you think we'll be like with the times? Or you just I think, think it depends. depends yeah, I think it depends on what your job is. You know what I mean? Like what you're actually doing with your life. Um, but I think the next big leap for internet is like virtual rooms, virtual yeah. chat rooms, like virtual reality and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I read, or a decentralized internet. I read. Um, yeah. A big problem old people have is like you know like with your you know with your settings you know like you go into like general then you go into mm-hmm. like you know storage or whatever. Um, so we can imagine that like going into rooms, but they don't under, they don't they can't imagine that architecture. 
So when you say go back to them, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. So they don't imagine like a room, it's just a different page. And yeah. see them. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I used to work for this call center called Consumer Cellular, and like the job was like uh, I like tech, like a just like IT dude for someone's cell phone for, but it was like this really cheap service that was like marketed towards older people, you know, who need a phone but don't really have a lot of money to spend on one. Um, so like they would they would get new iPhones they've never had a phone before, you know, and I gotta like walk them through the process of resetting their phone or resetting like their <laughs> network, dude, and so like. A- which you just described fucking happen every day, fifty times oh, a day. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what like the the we're disconnected. We hear you, you guys. Hear yeah, we still <laughs> hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, I feel like that's what Best Buy is like. But, like when I go there, like since I'm kind of like tech savvy, like I have a legit problem, and they keep on giving me problems that like, oh, did you check your settings to see if your Wi-Fi is on? I'm like, you know. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. made for, um, like for like I feel like the call centers are all like that. Yeah. You go to Reddit for anything serious. That's real. The genius bar. Yeah. There should be a service where you have like a certain level of certification on this service, so like they know who they're dealing with already, yeah. and then they can yeah. help you for anything that's like you've already knocked out all the obvious. Yeah. Well, the next generation is probably going to need that. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm kind of excited to be like older and see how how I am keeping up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I'll be. My kids left do in it for dust. me. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you get left in the dust, dude. You gotta learn it yourself. Exactly. Hey, as long as I'm happy, bro, I don't need to be connected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my grandparents are happy, fucking watching tv they don't need to learn that dude it's because when when you're little you like dream about like a virtual reality call of duty yeah oh dude and then like when i was little i was scared of getting old to where like i didn't care about it so then i never experienced it i don't know if that'll happen but you know like what i'm imagining which is something that i've always wanted to do in vr is like eventually like a waterproof vr suit and i can go into like an olympic size pool or something that's like 20 foot deep and then like simulate that i'm actually swimming around in the ocean oh fuck that. and like <laughs> oh but like nothing's gonna get you you're in a pool dude you're in a pool oh that would be so far i mean you could code it to not like actually scare you you know what i mean like just be like a very beautiful like reef underneath you or something like i'll put shamu I can't wait. Jumping into another simulation. Right. We did talk about the simulation theory the last podcast. Do you you guys know what the simulation theory is? Everybody in here? Yeah. Okay. What are are your opinions? Plausible or likely? Plausible. Plausible, but I'm not scared of it's true. All right. I I kind of agree. Um, this morning, this morning I had to go to Fry's right to get groceries, and in the in the car, um, my baby's in the car, and I'm thinking about the simulation theory and whether it's true or not in the car. And as I'm thinking about it, bro, my son starts to cry. Like, I'm like, damn, that's them trying to get me off track. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that trips me out is that. Whenever we, like, let's say we're driving to Walmart. Walmart's, like, what, 30 minutes away. 
I see someone, a random person, they'll be walking their dog or some shit. I'll go, we'll go for what, two, three, four hours, and I'll come back and I'll see the same person in the same spot. That's happened to me. It happens to me every single time. It's Not every single time, but I started telling her and she was like, no, you're so stupid. Is this some crackheads though? No, it's not crackheads. No, it's, it's so, no, okay. it's like random people. Like, it's true. Like, we'll be like, okay, like, we're going to go visit my mom. So yeah. as we're leaving home and then we see like somebody walking their dog. Um, anything, skateboarding, just walking. Yeah, whatever. Just Same like, spot. For this That's instance, freaky. say it's somebody walking their dog. So we go to my mom's house. We hang out. We were like, okay, let's go to the store. We go to the store um you know like it takes hours and when we come back they're walking their dog like we see the same person whether the it's like somebody spot. riding a skateboard or like walking their dog but just walking the opposite way like going back it's so but in the beginning i was like this okay it's a coincidence but it happens so often i'm just like fuck my br like everything's glitching right now <laughs> i'm in the simulation right now or something that is, that is the most like um compelling evidence is the advancements of computers I think everything else can be speculative, but just like when you think yeah. of how far we've come, like in terms of being able to process like information and computing power, you, you can, it's kind of hard to imagine what the limit is other than the speed of light. Like, yeah, well, there's, there's one thing. So this might get into nerdy territory, but we're with it. Let's go. So, <laughs> So, so like you know pi like the irrational number right so that's not something like we invent that's something we can discover but it's an infinite it would take an infinite amount of information to store that in the simulation right so whatever the the higher order universe is they have to be able to store an infinite amount of information in order for us to have pi that makes sense oh, I get right yeah. so then and so then it's not obvious that that higher order universe can store an infinite amount of information. Right. They're all doing math and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing with like infinite, right? So like I always had this problem in my head, right? So if you look at infinity as if it was a graph, right? So from point two to three, there's an infinite amount of points within there, right? But then from point two to four, there's also an infinite amount of points in there. But one is obviously clearly twice the size. So what is an infinity if one infinity can be bigger than the other infinity? I've never under like that's always hurt my head. I don't know. Well, understand. Actually, there's actually there's there's different sizes of infinity. So the <laughs> yeah, there's so there's countable infinities, so so like you can okay, it's so like one, two, three, four, like the normal number. So you can I'm gonna count, right? And there's uncountable infinity. So I'm gonna count all the decimal numbers. Like you wouldn't even be able to start that because what's the first decimal? Decibel. Oh right. You would just go off first. That right. infinity is larger than the countable infinity. Yeah, that makes sense. So and then there's bigger ones than that. I think the biggest biggest one is like Alice Null or something. Infinity. So the fact that infinity even exists, but okay, so well, it's all theory, right? Like this is not like. Well, math is just a classification of ideas, so they're just ideas that we're making. So yeah, it's called logic, not fact. So yeah, I mean, to say to say it's like not real or real, it's just is 
there's a classification of tall people real like I guess, yeah, it's real, but it's like subjective. It's like Yeah. It's just the classification that we made up is not built in the universe, but it is real. Yeah. And not even like to mention that talk. we don't even know how much we're not able to perceive on this plane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like certain animals can hear different frequencies, see different frequencies. Like we don't even know what we don't know. Right. So, it, yeah, it's freaking me out just thinking about uh, thinking about real shit like that or like how small we are in the grand scheme of everything. Yeah. That always makes me feel very weird. Yeah, me too. Like, have you seen an Interstellar? Yeah. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Like when he goes to that that world where it's all waves. They're there for like two minutes. They come back and the guy's all old. It's been like thirty years and shit. That shit's crazy. That is. And that, that's due to. Uh, can you explain that, Robert? Because you explained it to me one day, but I completely forgot. Because you experience time differently when you're getting farther from what. Or is it the speed you're traveling? Their speed, but then it's that one was gravity. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah, I, re- so, like, I remember in this physics book in high school, there was like a section where, like, two twins. Like the the idea was that there right. were twins, right? They were born here in Earth, and then one of them stayed here, and the other one went to like space. Like technically, the one in space was would be younger because they're farther away. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. From the gravitational. Well, no, it w- it would be the that one is because of the speed. So, so I studied that physics. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, so this is like what I study, but. Yeah, it would be the speed. So, like, so the idea is like, the speed of light has to be the same no matter what. So you can imagine like I'm in a car and you're standing there. If I shine a flashlight to my perspective, that light should be going at the speed of light. If you're standing still, classically you would think that that flashlight would be shooting light at the speed of light plus whatever the speed of the car is, right? But since the speed of light has to be the same. To both of us, it has to be the speed of light, so time has to shift. So the faster so you go, the more the time shifts. shifts without space shifting, because eventually they meet up in the same time and space, but different time has passed for different. But then they meet on the same plane. I don't understand that part. Like I understand if they couldn't like parallel universes in oh, a way. I see what you're saying. But like once yeah. they actually meet up, how has different time actually passed for? So. From okay, so from one guy's perspective, the time shifts. From the other guy's perspective, the space is stretching. So if if I go really fast at you, I would I would look flat. If I was going to get the speed of light, I would look flat because my space is shifting. So to you, space is close to me. Time is long. Okay. So they. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it essentially is like time travel in a way. It, yeah. Eventually, do you think, with what you know about physics, you think that's any sort of possibility for humans to figure out? Like going back in time? Or like forward or making somebody experience time differently within the same plane? You know what I mean? Like if I can make you experience life three times right. slower so that you potentially live three times longer. I think. There are some, there are some, so the thing with that is just how fast can we make someone go? Um, I think there have been like some theories of what they have is like this huge, it's like a, it's like a boat, but it's a ship, but it has sails like on a boat. But what these sails are, they would, instead of catching wind, they catch light. So all you do is point it away from the sun and then the sun, so the sun is basically like a 
huge energy source. So these cells catch the light, the light pushes the, the ship. And so you would just leave that there for a long time and it would just keep on accelerating. So eventually it should get fast enough where that time shift is like a perceivable. Damn, science. I didn't think I was well, able to learn this today. Knowledge. Yeah, no. It's crazy. Well, they they have to change the clocks on satellites because they do shift, but that's like milliseconds. Damn. Damn. So Ooh. in the future, we're just going to have a bunch of Marty McFlies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sick. Damn, That'd be cool. go, go on a trip, and you can come back, and it's like 200. I know, just teleport anywhere or something. Dude, that would be tight if you could, like, I'm thinking of places that, say we're planet, like, multiple planets and multiple civilizations are a thing. If there's, like, a huge strife on one planet, you can leave for 200 years, but it's yeah. really only, like, a year, and then you come back, and shit's kind of reset. It's on normal. Be so helpful. Like Earth could oh, yeah. use a cool 500 without humans. I think it would it would do oh, Earth some true. real yeah, good. And for us, it's only you know 30 years. Yeah, but, like we just go yeah. dip out for a little bit, come right back, and we fixed it. Earth fixed itself. It would <laughs> if humans left, Earth would fix itself pretty quickly. I think. Yeah. But yeah, there wouldn't be diapers going into landfills. I know it's just crazy how the ocean is like all full of trash and shit. It's just so sad. It is. We'll we'll figure it out as long as we're down to invest. We just gotta convince yeah. people to invest yeah. into it. Um, but we are pretty much at the two hour mark, so I think we're gonna kind of wrap up here pretty soon. I know that was like kind of the limit I put, just in case you guys gotta do stuff. Um, but we do always kind of end these with two questions. Um, well, really, it's gonna be three questions, all right? So the first question I have, um, we can just go, well, I'll just lay out the order right now. So we'll go Maria, Robert, Blue, Jose, all right? Um, so the first question is, what was your first camera? Whether it's like a video camera or like a point and shoot, besides uh, disposable. Mine was a Canon. Um, what, I don't even remember. The, the T? T6, I think. Yeah, that was my first camera. How that old were like, you? Uh, I was 18, I think. Yeah, 18. Uh, Robert? Uh, so my first camera was a Canon. I think it was either 700D or 70D. I don't remember. Um, that was actually... So I didn't buy it. I was like handed down it. Or like I inherited it. Um, now that's me. A few. I. So yeah, like I was pretty stagnant with that camera up until like I decided to improve. But yeah, that was my first camera. Got you, Blue. Mine was, but this is was this was when uh, I wasn't even taking pictures or doing videos. I was just like putting up like little random videos on YouTube. But it was uh, it was a Sony. I remember it was the first, like, flip-up mirrorless camera. Like, you know the ones, like, you can, like, flip up the screen and look at yourself? It was, like, an A, A100, A-something. But I remember it was, like, the first one. And I bought that. I remember I was working at UPS. And I saved up all my fucking money to get that shit. Worth it. I think I was, like, 16, 17. Buy it. 
Uh, mine was it was called it's called a Nikon CyberShot. It's not like you know like interchangeable lenses or anything. It's like a point and shoot. And I bought that like on on a Black Friday for ninety bucks. Wow. I was probably like twelve years old. Uh, I would do like stop motion videos, so it was just like pictures. Uh, pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then from that met Robert. We started using I think it was a seventy D. Yeah. So like making videos seventy D was the first camera. It was pretty good. Camera. When did you guys meet? How old were you? 2013, 14. Yeah. Cool. Like that. Okay, second question. This one's a lot more theoretical. All right, you have one piece of lasagna, and you have a second piece of lasagna. You put this lasagna on top of this lasagna. Do you have one lasagna or two lasagna? You can start, Maria. Um... Or we'll make Michael go first because he already like showed an answer. Yeah, What's your okay, reasoning? Yeah, like, also, you need your reasoning <laughs> behind it. Why? Why? All right. One. I'm eating it. It's gone. One though. It's just one piece of lasagna. But you haven't eaten it yet. It's sitting on a plate, and who knows if it's even your lasagna? You might not Two eat the lasagna. Two pieces of lasagna and I stack it on top. Isn't a lasagna just stacked up on top of each other? Right. So it's one lasagna one. then. Okay. One lasagna to me. I would say okay. one too. Was I aware that it was two pieces at one point? Yes, you see the second piece put on top it's of the first lasagna. piece. Okay, two lasagna. No, it's different cheeses. <laughs> no, it's one lasagna. Actually, I changed my mind. Yeah, it's one lasagna. One lasagna. What about you? Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. How many layers? <laughs> um. <laughs> I, uh, I guess. I guess each each one has three layers. Damn, we'll we'll a, keep it consistent. That's, that's a, a big, big piece of fucking. It's like a cake. <laughs> so you go from two three layers to one six layer. Is it one six layer lasagna or two three layer lasagna? Or six no, one layer lasagna? I think or it's one because I don't really think it matters <laughs> layers you give it. So it's one. Okay. Yeah. I think the only question that nobody ever asked that is very important is: Are they from the same original lasagna or two separate lasagna? I don't think that matters. You don't think yeah. that matters? No matter what? If no. it's like no, lasagna A be... gets a slice and then lasagna it... B gets a slice? If it's, this if it's this is the plan in which people die for their opinion. <laughs> That's the point of some of these end questions is to spark debate. With the normal lasagna, you have different layers. So like, you know, you have your beef and then your cheese and your pasta. So if you had more different layers, that doesn't change it's just one lasagna. Okay, so even if one part's expired and the other part's not, like you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> it's one piece of lasagna. Like no matter what, as soon as one layer is on top of another layer, it becomes one lasagna. It's one. Yeah. All right, mesh. Very consistent answers. Everyone pretty much agrees that it's one lans one lasagna. Good job, guys. We did it. Really one? Well, I mean, there's no I answer. Oh, it's just, oh, I was it's like, just whatever I was you think, you know. Um, I I try to think yeah, of. Thank you guys all for coming. By the way. Yes, I really appreciate Thank you for it. Having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope you guys had fun. Um, before we get into the last kind of question, I guess, um, if you are ever like wanting to come back, um, say you have like a project in the future or something like that, um, definitely just reach out to us. We're always welcome to have people back. Um, it kind of lined up this way where we have both videographers kind of joining, um, but yeah. we do like to mix stuff up. Um, so sometimes we have like clothing brands. 
like we had Soleil drop in, who's like a rapper. Um, so if you're ever dropping something in the future, you want to come promote it, definitely just message us um, and see what's up. Or if you know a certain guest is coming in the future and you kind of get to meet them, um, definitely just hit us up. Our whole goal with this is to kind of connect people and bring light to what everyone else is doing. Um, That's good. Yeah. yeah, we have an intro being made, animation. Well, that that's at least being planned. Yeah. Um, so we got some cool stuff. Like we do want it to be more produced with time. Um, we right. do plan on creating a website soon. Hopefully by the end of the month, that's up. Um, so yeah, we're hoping to make this seem more official. We'll see what happens. I don't know what we're supposed to do with this thing yet. We're just it's supposed cool, to get like people on cool, and talk yeah. about. It. I like the layout and everything. Like when you guys post it on on YouTube and like the layout of it all and like how you guys live stream it and just like bring on like random people on. I think that's super dope too. I think it'll be cool too. I don't know if this is in your plan, but to do in person podcasts once like COVID. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it it is. Um, it's logistically tougher to get a lot of guests just because then we do have to have mics for each individual right. person. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and we have four right now. Um, so like this specific podcast wouldn't really be doable, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yes, Soon. yeah, that that is the plan eventually to have more in person stuff, especially once this is all all cleared up. Um, we want our own black magic too. So yeah. We have to learn how to use <laughs> That's that. That's why I was asking, like, how much more did you learn post actually buying it, or like, what were your expectations before versus after buying it? Like, what did you actually have to learn? Because um, he talks about black magic literally all the time, and like you saying yeah, all this extra stuff, I'm just like, man, do you know all of it? I don't know any of it. Absolutely none of it. It's black magic. The, the return on investment is definitely worth it. I think immediately we saw what we were missing out on in terms of new, like new technology and the world's cameras. Yeah. Well, yeah. you do have to buy external stuff. So like, yeah. the camera itself with the lens is pretty unusable. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I think the batteries last like thirty minutes. Oh my god! So, yeah, can you plug it in? Thank you for letting us know that because that's so a good. You, you can plug rating. it in. You can plug it in, but you can also um, solder a, a separate extension to the charger and make it a female input or female output. Anyways, you can hotwire the battery and you can like plug in a two-hour battery in it. Yeah, which is what we did. Yeah, and that was like a twenty-dollar solution. Okay. Damn, let's go. Yeah, so Engineer. before we straight, drop... Like, the... if it's a podcast, plug it straight into the wall. And yeah, I, I, that's what we're doing right now. It's plugged into the wall. Yeah. Yeah, so before we buy, we're, we're going to ask a question. And a Blackmagic is just, like, a really high-end camera. Blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah you, can, you can send us some questions. I mean, we're pretty familiar with it now. So. Um, so that would be awesome. Yes. Yeah, if you guys have any questions about like advertising, I'm not supposed to say that I'll help you, but he could give you yeah. advice. <laughs> oh, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last question is kind of just um, if you have anybody you want to shout out, um, and then where we can find your guys's work or like your guys's personal pages if you want to give them out. Yeah. Uh, I I think I want to shout out shout out um, the recent passion project that my girlfriend and I started. Uh, it's called Playground. Uh, you can find us uh, at shopplayground.us on Instagram, and that's also the website. Uh, we're just going to keep rolling out um, presentations because it's just fun to us. 
So, can you just like yeah. real quick just elaborate a little bit more on what playground is? We didn't really yeah, touch on um, it at all. My girlfriend's an artist, uh, like extremely talented artist. Uh, so, um, we just wanted to share that with people. Uh, so we do, uh, our first product was a tote, um, and she hand carved the stamp and that's how we printed them. Um, but it won't really be like, like a fashion brand or yeah, it, it would just be like different things that we create with her talent. So it can be anything from like a candle to, to just like random stuff that we want to make. It's not, we don't really have Okay. That's tight. Yeah. But the first one was a tote and it didn't have our artwork. It's very nice. You can get it That's at the playground. Shop playground. playground. Us? Uh shop playground dot us. Cool. Yeah. All right. No, no uh I'm just on my personal Instagram. Uh and that's at Tito T I T O R Romero. So T I T O R R-O-M-E-R-O. That's it. Yeah. Then what about uh, Noche Americano? Where can we find like that, that work? Uh, we're on Instagram as N-A-M-L-L-C. Um, and on Twitter as N-A-M-L-L-C. Those are our social media handles. And our website's uh, nocheamericana.co. Right. What about you, Milk Noise? Either one of you Pretty guys can go first. It's uh, Milk Noise, so you can find us at Milk Noise on Instagram, Twitter, or Twitter. I think is is it at Milk Noise? I think you got a co at the end. Yeah, I think it's dot co. Yeah, um, and you can find my personal at Kiro Wolf Two. Um, two eyes. Two eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at World of Blue, no E, and you guys can support the brand too. Uh, Die Happy Co. That'll be sick too. Drop this shirt February, one year anniversary next month. So hopefully, I'll have a little mini collection dropping next month. That's tight. Cool. Again, I appreciate and everybody for for stopping by. Um, Mike, do you have any like kind of closing anything? <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of things. So Noche Americana, you guys said you guys have a video in the works, but you don't have a release date yet, right? For yeah, yeah, video? that's correct. Um, our our goal is April. Cool. And I know you guys are working on a project. Um, is it like on pause for now? Uh, with yeah, we Isaiah have, was like running, right? We have a a big project in the works. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a short film, but yeah, that's cool. That that that's actually on pause. That's correct. Yes. We cool. uh, we're gonna wait for COVID to settle, and then we're gonna have to do some recaps. Cool. Um. So, I mean, you just put out something with Ray um, from Creto. That video was really nice. Um, I do remember he came over that. That was my birthday weekend, I believe, because he mm -hmm. like got COVID testing. He was supposed to spend the night. And then he's like, oh, this is a day he has to come and shoot. So I'm going to go. And like, I do remember him telling me that he was going to go shoot that with you. So that's pretty cool. Because like, the finished product yeah. was really good. Like The whole thing, the way it was very... like. Um, documentary-esque you know like the way yeah. you i really like the voiceover it was mm -hmm. it was all really well done um 
So yeah, I know Ray is dropping some shit for Creto in a couple like next month. Um, I don't know if you are working on him with anything in the future, yeah, but I know he has uh, some cool stuff. We're actually we're gonna work with his next collaboration. I don't know if I can give that out or if he's like mentioned anything about it, but I I just won't. Um, but yeah, yeah there's tell us really Ray. Cool. I know you're in the chat. There's some really cool ones. He didn't. I don't think he would want to because last time yeah. when he was on, he didn't want to. Yeah, um, and true, then. I know uh, Jared from Never Good Enough, his guest, a good friend, um, is, is dropping some shit on 420. Um, you know, we'll probably have a couple podcasts before that. And again, uh, Soleil came on earlier. He's dropping a project called Bungalow Blue. That'll be, be out on Bandcamp. Bandcamp and SoundCloud by the time this is out, so on Monday. And then next week, um, it'll be on all DSPs. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got to plug. I can't wait till I start getting paid to do this. That'd be real nice. <laughs> Have a sick ass neon sign in the back. The did we, did we break the record for your for your runtime? Yeah, the last one was yeah. like two oh three. Yeah, the Maybe. longest one was Isaiah's. Was oh, that's actually permanent. That was like a, before we did live streaming. Yeah, we did. Yeah, break we it had up in to two break part. it up. It was the same one though, because it was like three, almost four hours long, dude. Brand. It was so good. I love talking to fucking Isaiah. I love hearing his brain. Yeah. Wait, was that one live stream too, or did you guys no. do that in person? That one was just we a recording. Uh, so, yeah. No uh, no video. Yeah, the video's new. Um, but again, thank you guys for coming. You guys are welcome back. I do gotta go. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate nice you. you okay, Robert. Have a good rest of your day. I hope some people go and drop you guys some follows and, and check out your guys' stuff. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Later, Later guys. Thank Later. you. Bye.